Hello. Hello. Oh, goody. An echo. There we go. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it. some days I have to mute this, some days I don't. Today, apparently, I have to mute. I can. This is going to be interesting. Hey. I have a friend. She's 17. Mm-hmm. And she was having a really hard day. And I had mentioned Pufa to her, and she had started, you know, re- listening to them in order. And, you know, I knew she was having a horrible day, so I was just like, go listen to special episode four. Mm-hmm. Just just listen to it. Because, you know, it, it's the me-up episode, in my right. opinion. It, right. It's the, you know, like, how ridiculous, you know, can a life become before you just have to laugh. Mm-hmm. And if Jen can laugh at almost being eaten by a bear, I can laugh at pretty much being that happens stung to me. by scorpions three different times. Yes. While on the podcast. <laughs> While on the podcast, you know. Of course, you know, if you go see the movie Revenant, you'll know that you don't want to get eaten by a bear. Because, man, that bear tore that man up. I probably won't go see that movie. I don't know. It doesn't seem like my kind of thing. I lost my contact. And, you know, with hard contacts, of course, you don't have a backup. It's just, you have know, your contacts or, or your glasses. And then mm-hmm. you have to shell out, you know, a hundred bucks for a new one. So... I drop it and I can't find it and I've got to go to church. So I get my other contact out of my eye. I say, screw it. I put my con- my glasses on because I've searched every inch of the bathroom. I can't find it all day. And I keep going back to the bathroom to check, you know, maybe I missed it because God help me kids. It's got to be there. At the end of the day, I'm getting ready for bed. And what do I find? It's in my bra. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not wearing that. No. I am. I do not have a big chest, and I am not wearing one of those shirts where it would fall into my bra. But somehow it got into my bra. They're sneaky. They're totally sneaky. Man, last week we were talking about, or two weeks ago we were talking about poop. This week we're talking about bras. Hey, it's. Poop. I'm really glad I don't have contacts. <laughs> or a bra, but you know, whatever. <laughs> So, well, you know, if I was the gender to need a bra, I would probably want one, but... Uh, yeah. Actually, studies are starting to um, show that you, um, underwire could cause breast cancer. Yeah, I don't... So, I, I cut those suckers out the minute I get them. Yeah. I got smart and just stopped buying those kind, but for when I was, I would just take, bring them home, slice it, hole in it, yank them out, and just go with that. Yeah. You know, it's like, nope, I, I'm, Yeah, I'm thinking I'm just switching to uh, Spurs Bros. Mm-hmm. People These wear weird funny. things to dress up. I do not understand the concept of a tie, for example. Well, I mean, so the, the, the point of an underbra is really for those who are less endowed, <laughs> like me. Mm-hmm. These societal I understand pressure. what it does, yeah. but it's again, as you say, it's a society no, thing that's but, weird. But why? And but, like, I there's mean, there are, I think, easier ways to do that. Like, can you not like use soft padding as opposed to hard wires? <laughs> well, so there's there's soft padding as well. Mm-hmm. There, it, it's it not just, just a hard wire. There's but the wire works no, but, better. I mean, Scott. as as as, mm. as far as the societal pressure goes, I mean. Underwire is not the worst thing that society has done to women in the past 10 years. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. Let's true. try Photoshop as the worst thing that, you know, society has done to women in the past 10 years. Photoshop yeah. was not actually invented as a fashion tool, though. <laughs> and yet, it is, st- I'm not saying it was created for it, but it's, you know, used yeah, absolutely. for it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Although, uh, I guess, uh, 
if you're comparing underwires to like corsets, I suppose that's probably better, but I guess that depends on the corset too. Mm-hmm. No, cor- corsets are actually, well, it de- yeah, it depends on the corset. If, if a corset is well made, the corset is less about your boobs and more about your spine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're actually pretty good for posture. Yeah, unless you're lacing them to within an inch of your life. Well, yes, but but I, what I'm talking like like medical corsets today. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who have what I have who have corsets because sure, yeah, that would yeah, be really it, helpful. I could see that. I could probably it, use it sometimes just for because yeah, then my back wouldn't have to do so much work. Well, Scott, I'm thinking that we are not going to be able to provide John Barrowman with. The amount of fun at our con that he had at the New Jersey con, but we will do our best. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Can Him you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine being the guy in the car who's stuck and here comes John Barrowman, Stephen Amell, Stephen's brother, and I don't know who else in their life. And John Barrowman's like, well, get out and let me drive. And the rest of them are going to push you out. And the guy, I don't think he had a clue who they were. Because at the end, he's like, just thank those guys. I don't think he knew who they were. But could you imagine being a fan and have them come and save you out of a snowbank? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Actually, it'd probably be pretty cool. I've explained this to other people before. There are very particular people that I lose my shit around as far as celebrities go. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, in my world, I mean, so my uncle works in Hollywood, so I get stories once in a while of, right. you know, so-and-so and so-and-so. So, like, they're very much people in my mind. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, I, I mean, um, Anthony Daniels once spoke to me at a con, and then I lo- just about lost my shit. That's because you were dressed as, as um, Sarah, right? Sarah with the dog? I was, yeah, Sarah Jane Smith, and I had made my own um, canine. Uh, canine. Yeah. And he was talking to me about how the first guy that did his headshots actually voice canine and i'm like uh-huh 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 because i mean this guy's you know formed a majority of my childhood mm-hmm. you know i yeah. knew about star wars before you know i knew i was you know in preschool like it was i grew up in a nerdy household yeah. so it, it's one of those things of you know this guy is basically you know one of the people that i can thank you know mm-hmm. for having you know the childhood that i the reason why i'm a, i'm a nerd you know is standing next to me talking to me i love john barrowman mm-hmm. but he is not the reason why i'm a nerd it's an he's an added bonus because he's yeah. awesome but you know the jk rowling i'd probably die yeah i was gonna say i think we'd all lose <laughs> our shit if jk rowling came and talked to us <laughs> but yeah but that's also, you know, there are key people in, in, in within nerddom that, you know, are reasons why I, I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. I lose it a little bit. But other than that, it's just like, oh, yeah, you're a person. How you doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, probably enjoy. And I really think that Stephen and John are. They're both very fan-oriented. They're both, you know, I, they're both, they both seem to be really nice yeah. And I think that they, you know, they they don't have that, they have the star quality, but they don't have that aloofness that a lot of stars have. They, they're well, really... A lot of it is also the aloofness comes from, from crazy fans. That's true. That's um, true. And I'm sure, I'm not saying that Steven and John don't have crazy fans. I think they just are better at dealing with it. I think they embrace them. 
Yeah, it's just kind of, we're just going to roll with this. Um, I had, uh, I was at uh, Comic-Con a couple of year, years ago, and um, there was a kid who asked John if he if he could make it in musical theater, and John actually made the kid try, like, try out for him right in front mm-hmm. of him. <laughs> in front of, you know, 20,000 people. Yeah. Kid was good, I, I have to say, but, it, and, you know, man, props to him for trying out in front of 20,000 people. Yeah, yeah. But, you know... It's one of those things of, you know, you're that famous, you get kooky requests. Oh, yeah. Who knew I'm Stephen- sure J.K. Rowling gets crazy, you know, requests oh, yeah. from fans. Who knew Stephen Amell could sing? I had no idea! <laughs> this is a really good job, yeah. I wonder he if he's actually done musical theater stuff or anything. I don't know. I was shocked. That, that was... I mean, I knew John could sing, but I had no idea Stephen could. Let the dream begin. Let your darker side give in to the power of the music that I write. For, for me, it was kind of like that moment when um, you're watching an interview or the um, Megan, uh, what was her name, um, from Friends, played mm-hmm. Karen. Um, she had a talk show for a little while. And she had How I Met Your Mother on. And this was the first time that you learned that both Neil Patrick Harris and Jason, oh, what's his name? The guy that plays the lady, the guy who marries Willow. Uh, Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. That they both can sing and they randomly on set do the um, confrontation scene from Les Mis. <laughs> that was, that nice. was on, what I saw that on was on... Um, Inside the Actors Studio. Yeah, so they, they did a full version of that, but, like, the first time they did it was on her talk show. Oh, okay. And the audience that was crazy. Oh, yeah, well, they went crazy for, for yeah. it there, too. I know, I played that over and over again because it was really good. And I knew that Neil Patrick could sing, but I, I didn't know about the other guy. Mm. Yeah, they do pretty, they do almost the entire scene, or the entire song, on the talk show, I think they cut it at some point for Inside the Actor Studio because they wanted to get back to talking about other things. But ah. no, it was, I mean, yeah. <laughs> He's talking about other things. Valjean, at last, we see each other plain. Monsieur Lamaire, you'll wear a different shade. Before you say another word, Javert! Before you chain me up like a slave again Listen to me, there is something I must do This woman leaves behind a suffering child There is none but me who can intercede In mercy's name, three days are all I need Doesn't look like Stephen's actually been cast in a singing role of any sort At least it doesn't mention that on Wikipedia If anybody's And there there are plenty of people who can sing that like haven't done singing mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, I know. Yeah, um, it's not just man, not part tonight, of his career as of yet. Tonight is not my night. Um, the guy who plays Hawkeye, uh-huh. um, Jeremy Renner. <laughs> the, yeah, my he, brain went to Mash, and I'm like Hawkeye. <laughs> Mash. Wait a minute, I'm old. Not Ellen Alda. <laughs> I'm the sorry. Other Hawkeye. <laughs> Wrong Hawkeye. I mean, it's, he could it's probably sing Hawkeye's, too. I don't know. <laughs> 
they're actually pretty much the same, you know, age, but mm-hmm. Hawkeye and Hawkeye from MASH, because Hawkeye was a comic book first, but what, anyway, I'm getting away from my point. He can sing, and he's actually, he was actually preparing for a musical thing by going to karaoke bars, and so people kept spotting him, mm-hmm. but, you know, man, does that guy have talent? He started as a makeup artist in the industry, yeah. <laughs> so he does makeup. <laughs> And then he, like, got a job as a PA, and then he got, got like, bit work, and now he's, like, a full-time actor, and he can sit, like, what does this guy not be able to do? What, what do you call those people? Triple threats? He's a triple threat, yeah. Though yeah. so he's really more like a quintuple threat. Well, I imagine we should start this podcast over here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Especially since... Some Technically, it started. We just haven't got on a red topic yet. Oh, that's right. We shouldn't... We should do our story. We just haven't, yeah. The story. Where, how far are we going tonight? Uh, we're supposed to try ten chapters. Okay. It's a little less than it was last night. Last time, it seems to me that this one was only four hours instead of five hours. Uh-huh. So we're starting in 21? Yes. This is 21 when Harry turns into Fox News. That sounds good. Yeah, this one's yeah. only three hours and 51 minutes on my text reader. I love this. It's it's under OGNA30. <laughs> That's how I kept track of it. Well, that works, I guess. So, Scott, you want to start us? Sure. For August 26th, this is episode 241 of Potterfic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Nerdy awesome fun. Nerdy awesome fun, that's us, man. There's something going on. I'm not Microsoft. <laughs> I wasn't snoring, was I? I'm a Sherbert Levin. If I start snoring, let me know. Never mind, I'm not going there, I'm not going there. Uh, we're just having adventures. Yep, we're adventures. Adventures are good. Good girl, I'll talk best trousers. Yeah. <laughs> Uber evil. Sounds like okay, Scott. <laughs> 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 oh, I snorted so much yesterday, it was unreal. <laughs> same snake time, same snake channel. It's all snake time, Patricia. Wow, wow, wow. I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Oh, my Yes, guys. They're there to talk about the sector. They're going to worry about homework later. I swear, I read them for the stories. (laughs) Sex and snow gags. Awkward. I'm so good to have nightmares. Welcome to Potterpick Weekly, everybody. The original podcast in the Potterpick Weekly family of podcasts where we talk about Harry Potter fan fiction, mostly every week. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. And I'm Kat, back again. Yay. And today we're doing our third podcast on Oh God, Not Again by (laughs) Sarah1281. Starting with chapter 21 and theoretically going to chapter 30, I believe, but we'll see how it goes. That's the plan. (laughs) We'll see. And as we kind of left off last time, Ron, Hermione, and Neville were going to take the polyjuice and go down and try to get Draco to admit that he was the heir of Slytherin. Yes, because Harry, in this version, has been trying to convince them not to do it because he knows what happened. They just don't believe him. Right. <laughs> yes. So. Well, and also he's, you know, seen that Malfoy is technically good. He's just a huge git. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. he's not, he's actually going to try and, you know, make changes in Malfoy's life that will, you know, improve his life for the better right. instead of just completely writing him off, which I give credit to the author. This, you know, this is a crack fic and it's not to be taken at all seriously, but you know, she's not just saying Malfoy's evil and, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to just do a black and white, very cracky fic. Right. And I think that's one of the things that has, gives us this one merit over a lot of the others is that there's depth to it. Yeah, and you know, Draco can be redeemable. He's not always, but he can be, and it's fun to see it when it happens. And I love that Harry's also cultivating Neville a little earlier. Yes. And I imagine we'll be cultivating Luna, yes. Because that's always fun. So. I feel like Luna is the one person who, if if they actually told her, she would actually believe him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she Whereas would the others it. would be like, well, if you're going to lie about it, Harry. Well, and at one point tonight, I think he does say something yeah. like, oh, well, I came back in time, and, da, 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 and they're like, if you don't want to tell us what's going on, that, you know. Well, yeah. he has also deliberately cultivated a very wacky reputation as, up to this yes. point. Right. It's true. And, you know, it's his scar. He's not the one that knows everything. It's just his scar. He just goes along with it. His scar is psychic. I'm pretty sure an object can't be psychic here. Oh, well, you you don't have a psychic scar. How do you know? (laughs) Who's the one with the once in a lifetime, you know, killing curse scar that no one else would ever get? Yeah. So he's mostly been having fun just kind of messing with everybody, but mm-hmm. occasionally it does backfire because they expect him to be messing with everybody. <laughs> yes. Yes. So the other part of the trio have come in, and Ron's like, so how'd it go? And Ron's like, yeah, it was great. Little bugger confessed to everything. And I was like, I'm not sure that's... And, you know, oh, come on. You were there. You heard him. What more proof do you need is Hermione... And so Harry kind of starts to really kind of question them, and we get, you know, the kind of the Neville's whole... the sensible one. Yes. Yay, Neville. Yay! So, yeah, I know. Yay, Neville! The, I mean, it's basically the same thing as we've seen before, where they're lost, they have no idea where the Slytherin common room is. Harry's like, well, why didn't you ask me? I could have told you. They're like, because we didn't think we had time. And they run into uh, Percy and Percy's girlfriend, whose name escapes me at the moment. Penelope. Penelope Clearwater. There you go. And then finally, you know, find Draco, who's thick enough to not realize that Pansy's not supposed to be there because Hermione turns into Pansy instead of Millicent. So... Because that's one thing that Harry did change is, oh, well, if you're going to go do this stupid thing anyway... At least use these human hairs as opposed to Millicent's cat hairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't use the cat hairs. No cats, Hermione. No cats. At least not until next year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so the, it, there's this whole kind of discussion where they're like, well, how would you know where this Slytherin common room is? Well, Draco's my friend, Harry. Do you remember this conversation you and Malfoy had about stalking? <laughs> Nope. No, not at all. What are you talking about? We never had a conversation like that. No. Uh-uh. I'm impressed that Ron knows the word sociopath, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Ron's 12, <laughs> and he's not the brightest in his year. <laughs> well, yeah, and and Harry's using words like lying schizophrenic, so, you know. Yeah. That is true. He might have picked it up from Harry. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was in one of those uh, muggle horror movies his dad likes to watch on the TV. 
that's yeah. possible. So usually in the horror movies, they use psychopath, not sociopath. Hmm. That's true. And they think that Harry and Luna are insane because they can see the Thestrals. And yes. since they can't see the Thestrals, they must not be there. And then Neville says, well, you know, I can see them too. Well, he says they're not the only ones that can see them. And Ron's like, you can? So now he's like, no, no, get- I'm a bad friend. We've got to get you to the hospital. Wing. I never realized anything was going nuts with you. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not crazy. They're just a thing. Mm-hmm. Really? Really? <laughs> Did we lose Scott? <laughs> Scott totally just dropped off. I'm still here. Oh, okay. okay. You just got really, you, your, vo- your voice dropped off or your sentence dropped off before you quite finished the last sound. And then uh-huh. it got dead silent. I'm like, uh, oh, it's Canada. <laughs> I've been going in and out of mute so I can eat things without oh, chewing in your ear. That'll, that'll do it. So I heard I a love really the sentence. fun, I, I, I'm going to take us off track. I heard a really fun Canada story yesterday from John Green. Oh, yes. So John Green is in Canada at the moment. And of course he got flagged at the border. So apparently when he was young, and I think he was in high school, he might have been in early college, he and a friend decided they were going to go to Canada. And so they took a loaf of bread and some peanut butter, and they had $14 between the two of them, and they went to Canada, and Canada turned them around at the border for insufficient funds. $14 (laughs) was not enough. According to my brother, you have to pay to leave Canada. But I don't know if he was kidding or not. Because we had this conversation what? last night. Scott, hmm. do you have to pay to leave Canada? I have never run into this, but I'm a Canadian citizen, so, so it's possible there's differences. Yeah. So um, so now... That doesn't happen with Mexico. All these years later, every time he goes to Canada, he gets flagged and he gets taken to the little room and they say, Excuse me, Mr. Green, have you ever been denied access to Canada? And he says, Yes, when I was young... I was denied for insufficient funds, and then they passed him through, but every single time. So this time he said, sir, is there a way that I can get my name off of this list? Can I pay into your health care? Is there something I can do? Sir, I'm sorry, Mr. Green, you're going to be on this list until you die. (laughs) Oh, boy. So apparently don't go to Canada with insufficient funds. This is is our... uh, our PSA for today. Insufficient funds for what? I have <laughs> no idea. <laughs> but apparently, fourteen dollars is not enough for two people <laughs> and a loaf of bread. <laughs> I don't know. I know you have to you have to notify them if you're bringing more than ten thousand, but it's not a well. I, I don't think any of us are going to have that problem. No. 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 But anyhow. maybe they just think they would have had if they were buying things or whatever, and then they'd have to pay um, export duties on them or something. But. Maybe. I don't know. But he, what he, oh. and, and the thing that was the best was they turned him around. They didn't even let him get out of the car, turn him around and send him back, and the U.S. patrol, U.S. border, searched their car for three hours looking for drugs. He's like, I didn't even get out of the car. How did I buy drugs with my $14? <laughs> Oh, wow. So, apparently, this I is why know. he doesn't go to Canada very often. Because it's well, it so, also could have changed in the intervening years, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has been a while. John Green is is not a young person anymore. No, but, I mean, he so. just went yesterday. He was just talking about yesterday. No, no, I know. But what I'm saying is he, 
Canada could have changed its rules. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. John Green is not a young person anymore. He's yeah, not like yeah. his twenties. Yeah. So you might not any, get in trouble for having fourteen dollars anymore. I don't know, mm-hmm. but we need yeah, to, we need to call. So Canada. I can't tell you. I cannot tell you the number of times I have nearly gone to Mexico without my passport oh, in the yeah. last year. Oh yeah, it's so it's when you're this far south, it's so easy. Mm-hmm. You take the wrong turn, and all of a sudden, it's you know, stop Mexico. Crap, match turn around. Mm-hmm. Quick turn around, run for oh, it. You do need one of those. Um, the only th- things I can find on the uh, border services website are things like the the wait times you can expect at the various border crossings. Mm-hmm. Right now, all of them say no delay because nobody's using them. <laughs> it's because it's dark. <laughs> Oh, there's a seven-minute delay on the Peace Bridge in between Fort Erie, Ontario, and Buffalo, New York. Uh-huh. But, yeah, yeah. Other than that, <laughs> it's like eleven o'clock or it's ten o'clock there. What, what what's going on? Like, what is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and there was a shooting or something in Saskatchewan. What this week? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a shooting at Lalosh. Somebody just, I. Didn't read up on it, so I don't know all the details. What happened? Yeah, I didn't read up yeah. on it e- either. I just saw Saskatchewan, and I was like, "Ooh, I know that word." Yeah, because Jen anyway. taught us all how to say it. Saskatchewan. <laughs> Saskatchewan. <laughs> Where are you from, Scott? Yeah. Canada. <laughs> yeah. It's just easier. <laughs> Saskatchewan. Yeah. Jen's like, "You all say that like you know what it is." <laughs> I do know what it yeah. is. I know, me too. Where's Scott from? It's the rectangular one in the middle. That's where Scott used to yes. live. Yeah, mm-hmm. we know this. Yeah, now so. it's Alberta. That's easier to say. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but I remember Saskatchewan much easier than Alberta. I don't know why. Mm. Well, it's more unusual. But, yeah, there have been articles going around on Facebook now about how this kid, apparently it was a teenager who had been bullied a lot and, you know, had a gun and snapped kind of thing. I haven't read up on them either, but... Yeah. Oh, poor kid. Poor people, yeah. but poor kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whole thing is a bad situation. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, you had a line you particularly liked, Kat? Oh, I... The way this is phrased, he loves the TV. It's just like, he loves tuberculosis. <laughs> Like, what? I did notice there were a lot of typos in this one. Um, How so? And I don't read it, but there was just a lot of words that weren't right, and maybe it's just the text reader, but there there were a lot of mistakes Mm -hmm. that I heard. I haven't noticed that in reading through it. Yeah, I noticed that. Well, the I mean, only one is so far is that Ron called it the TV. The TV, but that's intentional. But that's not a typo. That's mm-hmm. Ron not knowing what the TV is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it could be the text reader doesn't know what to do with the rock bank conspiracy and uh, that could be that <laughs> things could be. of that nature. But there, there were several things where I was just like, "What is going on here?" But you know me, I'm usually out walking around doing stuff while I'm listening to it, so I can't write things down. Mm-hmm. How does your text reader react to crab? Oh, you mean crabby? <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> I remember yeah. text readers when I had time. Crabby and goil. Yep. Goil yep. <laughs> <Girl> rules. <laughs> goil does rule. Especially because in this case he's Neville, so you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
bonus points. It takes them a while to get through the explanation mm-hmm. because Harry keeps interrupting and Ron and Hermione keep interrupting to argue about things. Of course. We've got to <laughs> yeah. have that foreplay. Mm-hmm. And they talk yes. about Thestrals for a while. And apparently when they ran into Percy, because Harry wasn't there to take point, um, Ron now may have started a blood feud between the houses of Weasley and Crab. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just reacted to Percy like the snotty little brother, and that does not work coming from Crab. No, Percy takes his prefect duties very seriously, especially when he's trying to hide Penelope. <laughs> yes, indeed. Except, of course, they'd run into Penelope already. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they do run into Draco, and he takes them to the common room because, you know, they're too stupid to remember where it is. Right. Uh, except that Hermione gets to give him the password in this version. Because apparently Malfoy briefly forgot that it was pure blood. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you under, like, forget one of these passwords. I know they change every week, but... Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Information security, you know, girl over here is going like, of course the passwords change every week. Somebody could break in and then hack all your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and Harry has a point. Like, why do we hide the dorms and put passwords on them? Why do we not, you know, let people into the common rooms and just put passwords on the bedroom areas or something? Right. <laughs> but, that would make, make sense. I have an uh, answer oh, for oh. you. Okay, what's your answer? You need to cue Tevye uh, singing tradition right here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is true. This tradition! Is tradition! <laughs> tradition! There and the poor Ravenclaws keep having to answer riddles because Rowena was just nuts that way. I do not like the headcanon that is going around that uh, the House of Hufflepuff will just let you in. The Apparently of- the House of Hufflepuff sprays you with pickle juice if you get the yeah. password wrong. <laughs> Don't mess with the House of Hufflepuff. They'll, they'll mess you up. Mm-hmm. We will. That's one of those things we found on Pottermore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You have I to really cap- need to get back to that. Well, you can't. It's been destroyed. <gasps> what? Well, so- Pottermore exists. It's Pottermore just not exists. The same. It's just not the same. Sony pulled out and it's... They don't have the exploring the books chapter by chapter thing. They just have, it's more They don't have the sorting hat. They don't have, yeah. Oh, I don't care about, I just want to know more about, because I mean, yeah, the book by the book thing was okay, but really I just want to know, there are certain things I really want to know about. Some of that stuff is still there. And it does make it easier to find it because you can go to a category that's stuffed by J.K. Rowling or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it was really, I mean, the, the sorting got really controversial and people got very angry, including myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's an article on gobstones and port keys at the moment, apparently. Mm. More Besides stuff. which, I do not, I don't like Sony much anyway. <laughs> so Damn you, Sony, ruining my movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Ron says that he has proof that, well, so they... They find out that Mr. Weasley conducted a raid on the Malfoy house, but he didn't find anything because all the Arctic facts are hidden in the Malfoy's drawing room. So Ron has sent a letter to his father telling him that that's where the stuff is. And Harry's like, you can't do that. And, yeah, uh, which is something they actually did in canon is they're like, aha, we found this out, I'll tell my dad. Mm-hmm. And it was just sort of a, hey, little triumph for the trio. But Harry has a point that, you know, he can't just 
randomly go back to Malfoy Manor and say, hmm, I think I'll look under the drawing room. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they'll probably need evidence to do that. Um, yeah. Yes. Apparently, one gets into the uh, Hufflepuff common room by going into a shadowy recess to a pile of large barrels and going... And then it opens. And if you tap the wrong barrel or tap the incorrect number of times, one of the lids bursts off and drenches you in vinegar. Right in, yeah, vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is a huffle? Which is kind of fun. And I guess it must not change if it's always tapping in the rhythm of Helga Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. They don't do rotating um, passwords. No, Which, you know, like uh, once again, it's the Hufflepuffs are stupid and blah, blah, and we're all inclusive and we're the house of hugs and, uh, well, you well, know I, what the rhythm is. Yeah, I think it's just a hard one to, to, uh, you know, for people to figure out. It's, I understand that it's a ho- hard house for people to nail down. No, I meant the password, ba- the, the knocking password. No, I think it's just a hard house for the pe- people to nail no, down. No, okay. Mm-hmm. I wear my Hufflepuff lanyard for work, and it uh-huh. has a badger on it. And kids are always saying, what is that? It's a badger. What's a badger? Something you don't mess with. That's what I tell them. <laughs> my TARDIS tattoo is in, cl- in plain view, which is very different from my Hufflepuff tattoo. So when I get into a discussion with, with people, tattoos come up, and then I mention that I have a Hufflepuff cross tattoo, and then they get really excited because not only am I a nerd, but I'm one of those minority nerds that are proud of, you know, being a Hufflepuff, which mm-hmm. apparently is a minority. I don't really see it, but whatever. It's because we but know I was a lot of Hufflepuffs. These... Yeah, Puff was Hufflepuff skewed. <laughs> I suppose. But anyway, so I was talking with some friends of mine um, here in Phoenix, and we were parting ways, or so they they made some. I made some comment, and they're like, "Yeah, because you don't care." And I'm like, "It like took me a second. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just take what it wants. Yep. I just do what I want. <laughs> I don't care, honey badger. Don't care. Although technically, the Hufflepuff magic mascot is not the honey badger; it's the English badger, but. Still, no, but you do not want to mess with them either. Mm-mm. No, really. Like, they uh, they take down snakes. Mm-hmm. No said. <laughs> you baby played with a snake today. Did you? Yeah, it was a pretty good-sized snake. I would say it's probably a four-footer. Are we mm. still talking about... Why do we still refer to e-baby as e-baby? Because e-baby is no longer baby. E-baby. I, <laughs> I know. But I knew you know who I was talking about rather than if yes. I said Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. So. Baby. <laughs> you know. She's a teenager now. Oh, she's not that old yet. Uh, so, Neville says, Malfoy confessed to being a, the heir of Slytherin, and Harry's like, but he's not! Look, Harry, mm-hmm. but... Uh, yeah. He's not a parcel mouth. There's no way he could be the heir of Slytherin. And besides, it's really the spirit of Voldemort possessing the supposedly dead Peter Pettigrew. They're like, oh yeah, that's believable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've had this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> But he confessed. Harry says, yeah, but he's 12 and any idiot. Well, I can't argue with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So they sort of agree to not do much of anything. Mm -hmm. And then we move on. Well, for however many, you know, fix that I've read, this is probably one of the very few where Harry actually admits that he is a saving saving people thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And of course it's said in jest, but it's just one of those, you know, Harry Potter's admitting that he has a saving people thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But he does. 
so to be fair, I'd have, say that you know, probably the all thing of them the, have the same the best... thing by this point. <laughs> well, the, the, well, not all of them, because most of them are 12 at this point. But, you know, I, I enjoy the idea of, just, just the idea, because it would never happen, of Harry reaching the end of his schooling and then writing everything down that happened to him twice and then selling his, his autobiography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everyone going, what? <laughs> you know, that's how we got the Harry Potter books, don't you know? Yep. It wasn't, what was it? It wasn't, uh, J.K. Rowling getting an idea on the, train it was dumbledore putting the idea in her brain on the train hey look we well ride. i was actually i always headcanoned that uh she it wasn't so much that she got the idea on the train it's it's that she's um the accountant's daughter the weasley accountant's daughter the weasley accountant's daughter nice mm-hmm. yeah that comes up in this so, too yeah talks about him being prejudiced yep but yeah so the next chapter opens, and Harry sent Sirius a mirror. Mm-hmm. A two-way mirror. So we have the opposite yep. of what happens in canon, where mm-hmm. Sirius gives Harry the mirror. And uh, and Sirius is not impressed with this gift. No. <laughs> Come on, this is not a Christmas gift. Why are you sending me a mirror? And Harry's like, well, you need it. When was the last time you shaved? I've been on the run. Mm-hmm. I got you a he wand. He also got him a wand, apparently. Mm-hmm. But he made him look like an 11-year-old girl to go get it. Yeah. <laughs> because yep. Harry likes to mess with people. He does. But there you go. Yeah. And he's warning him that he also bought Filch a Kniesel kitten, mm-hmm. which is going to be delivered to him at breakfast. Yep. And Sirius is like, why, why, why would you do that? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Harry's like, well, where's my present? You know, I want a, I want a broom. I want a racing broom. And, uh, oh, I'm the fugitive of the law. I can't, I can't go get you anything. And Harry's like, bull. You did it last time. The goblins don't care. So Harry's going to keep harping on this until he gets a broom, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then we start with the serious jokes. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. No. He says, right, you can use a glamour to go any, go some other place, but not to actually go buy me stuff. You're a terrible godfather. He's like, hey, I ate rats for you. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> you got me there, but. It's hard to meet up these days because, you know, they've destroyed the streaking shack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whoops. He's like, you have no Christmas spirit, Sirius says. And Harry's like, I had plenty of Christmas spirit. Oh, no. Sirius says, you spend 12 years in bloody Azkaban and see how much Christmas spirit you have. And Harry's like, you had plenty of Christmas spirit before you fell through the veil. Yeah. And hmm. says, well, you fall through the veil. Oh, wait, you did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, well. Remus still thinks I'm evil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's, Sirius decides what he's going to do is teach him to be an animagus. And Harry says, thanks, but I already know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I learned before. I learned when I was 21. What are you? I'm not telling. And then he goes to have a conversation with Draco, because why not? Hi, friend Draco. Draco's like, oh, are you talking to me again? Yeah, I came to warn you that Mr. Weasley might want to search your place again, and you might want to tell your dad that anybody that searches your property once can't research it without a warrant, and they can't get that without a due cause. And hearsay doesn't work. Yeah, Draco's like, where is this conversation coming from? I do not understand. Oh, what? He says, bye, good day. Bye. And then time passes. Quickly. Uh, 
Zachariah Smith gets petrified again. Yeah. And then... <laughs> petrified a lot. And Carver McClagan. And Harry's tempted to leave them petrified, but, you know, he's mm-hmm. got a reputation to maintain, so he gives them his mandrake potion, and they get revived. Mm-hmm. And then it's my birthday! It's Valentine's Yay. Day! Yay! And Harry just, just locks himself up. in a room. <laughs> Yes. He does not want to experience the marauding dwarves again. He does not. That's what I do too, Harry. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yep. And in March, Harry and Luna attend the the party that the Mandrakes throw in the greenhouse, and it's mm-hmm. one Which of the I kind of love. I know bizarre experiences Harry ever has. He yep. can't hear anything because they put spells on, so they don't get knocked out or killed. Yes. So, this is so yeah. unique and, like, special. It's just one of those, like, you know, throwaway lines mm-hmm. that, you know, Rowling had in book two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Mandrakes were throwing a raucous party in Greenhouse 3. So, hey. So yeah. we know that and they're almost like, adults, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, you don't even think about it until a fan fiction author goes, okay, they're going to attend the, the Let's the go to this party. party. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> and Luna writes an editorial about it, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. Ever the reporter. Ever the reporter. And then it's time to pick classes for next year, and Hermione's well, got and, a lot. And Sorry, I, I want to go back to this point. I don't know about you, but the, and maybe this is mostly fandom that I'm seeing this in, but I always have gotten a bit of the um, idea that um, her father was totally, Xenophilius was totally cool with just, tr- you know, fall, chasing after, you know, strange creatures. Mm-hmm. And not really publishing much. And, like, Luna really wanted to be a reporter on this stuff, so he started the Quibbler when she was, like, you know, a small child because, you know, she wanted to write things. That makes sense. Could be. Yeah, I could see that working. Maybe it's just, it, it, it's, it's, there are a couple other fics where, like, she's a constant reporter for the Quibbler mm-hmm. during her years at, at, at Hogwarts. And just due to that, like, it gives me the, I guess, the headcanon that, you know, it, Luna's passion really drove the Quibbler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've and- seen at least one other story where um, the Quibbler was a little bit more of a reputable paper before her mother died, but then it sort of went off the rails a little bit because so yeah. did Xenophilius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor Zeno. Poor Zeno. <laughs> so, so Harry, like, go ahead. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So they're, they're choosing classes, mm-hmm. and... Harry chooses Muggle Studies, Care of Magical Creatures, and Divination. Well, you know. And... They're easy. Well, I don't think it's so much that, like, you know... So Care of Magical Creatures is he wants to spend time with Hagrid. Mm-hmm. Muggle Studies, he just wants to know what's going on, and Divination's easy. Yeah. Well, Divination... I'm surprised he would voluntarily into, choose um, to go through Divination twice. Mm-hmm. Because he, it, it feeds into his reputation that he has a psychic scar. Right. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, I, I mean, and I think he's very careful with his choices in feeding into his eccentricity. Because I feel like, you know, the, with the Rhythmancy and Ancient Runes, Hermione actually might pick up on the fact that Harry's actually smarter than she is. <laughs> and and properly so, because he's about a decade older than her. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the idea that, you know, he'd be able to, you know, answer 
and Hermione would eventually, you know, Hermione's not dumb. Without Ron and Neville and other people in the class, she'd be able to hone in on, on you know, something's going on with Harry and he's not telling us. Mm-hmm. Um, with Muggle Studies, it, it's, you know, kind of actually, it could be, and I, I kind of like the idea that Harry wants to take Muggle Studies because he's lived with Muggles his entire life, but the only Muggles he's ever known have been, you know, abusive assets. Mm-hmm. He has no idea how the muggle world works. Right. I mean, well, he knows how the muggle world works, sort of. Well, I mean, how he much, hasn't how much seen he... it from a decent side. Well, and, and he's 24, 25 now. You know, I'm, you know, 26, 27. The world works in a very different way than, you know, mm-hmm. what I thought of when I was 11. Right. Because my world when I was 11 was, you know, extended from you know, my house to, you know, the end of town. Right. That was my world. I never went in anywhere else w- without my parents there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they very, it, it was very much a sheltered kind of, but everyone's sheltered when they're 11 because that's just mm-hmm. how it is. Right. You know, and I, yeah. I would so be surprised I, I, if um, Harry also wants to take it to point out all the things that wither- wizards don't get about muggles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, isn't it taught by, like, a witch or something? And it's just like, you know, you're getting this wrong. But she seems to be, because later after he goes to that class, he's like, I actually learned something. And I went in there not expecting to learn anything, and I yeah. learned something. That's right. That's One little thing, but I still learned something. So that was kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. So, but, but he, it's, it's, but anyway, the scar demands an apology. <laughs> Well, first of all, he totally rats out Hermione and says, you're going to use that time turner, right? And she's like, yeah, it's a secret. And he's like, yeah, well. And and then, you know, she's like, well, you can't tell anybody else, okay? And Neville's like, uh, you know we can hear you, right? <laughs> and Harry's like, I promise not to tell anybody, and so does my scar. <laughs> yeah, because uh, he, he blackmails an apology to for his scar out of Hermione. Mm-hmm. Yes. For not believing. <laughs> she says, fine. I'm sorry if I offended your scar by implying that it is not sentient and as such cannot actually speak to anyone. And for thinking that even if it could, it still wouldn't be psychic because that is really pushing the limits of what I'm willing to believe, even in a magic school. <laughs> <laughs> so there. Yeah. He does have a question. If she doesn't believe anyone can be psychic, why is she taking divination? Mm-hmm. And she says it could be a learning experience. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Hermione! Mm-hmm. Not everything's a learning your... experience. <laughs> yeah. And, and he tells her, "Well, you know, you have to have the inner eye in order for it to work." And she's like, "Well, then you must have the inner eye." And he's like, "Nope, I don't, but my scar does." And she's like, "Are you saying I don't have the inner eye?" And she's starting to get really pissed. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's saying, "Well." I'm just saying that if you did, you'd probably have gotten an indication by now. <laughs> like that scar of yours? <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Hermione, yeah. you need to take it down, Peg. Harry's, and, and Harry's not full of himself at all. But, no. You know, well, I mean, do you think I'll be good at it? No, I don't think I'll be good at it. I'm going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Because he has 24-7 access to his scar, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And uh, she says, well, why are you going to take this if you don't think it's going to do anything for you? He's, Ron says, because it's an easy O. And Harry basically says the same thing with more words. Yeah. <laughs> an opportunity to further hone my BS abilities. 
Yeah, like those need further honing, Harry. <laughs> yep. You're BSing Dumbledore. You can't really get better than that. Really? <laughs> yeah. And Hermione says, you're impossible, you know that? Oh, but you love me anyway. Only because you lured me into friendship under false pretenses. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell me you were crazy. <laughs> That's because you're, because I'm not. Your scar says otherwise, is Hermione. <laughs> Oh, so now you hear my scar. By your own logic, that makes you crazy. <laughs> They're both crazy, Ron Lafford. Yep. Once I agree, once so. I... <laughs> Why are they ignoring us again? Who knows? Yep. And then we move to chapter 23. Yay. They're traipsing down to see Hagrid and team. Oh, yep. after Harry and the team. Flattened Hufflepuff. Pressed. 400 to 230. It was a long game, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently the Chasers had a bit of a, yeah, tuffle. It was yeah. not a secret game. And uh, Harry's complaining because he doesn't have a good broom. Everybody, He bought everybody else good brooms, but he doesn't have a good broom. Yeah. He still has a Nimbus 2000. It's only two years old. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I love how, um, you know, he, he buys the other Seekers, um... Um, Nimbus 2001, so it'll be a fair match. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you're on an older broom that's slower, and you're, you're making the, the playing field quote unquote even. Even. <laughs> because yeah. that's ego for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, why don't you get it? waiting for Sirius to get him a fireball. Yes. Yeah. Why don't you get a new broom? Because my godfather's gonna do it for you. Isn't your godfather? Yes. <laughs> Which yeah. means he, he owes totally me owes me. <laughs> <laughs> And he's a mass murderer and on the run. Hagrid wants to know what he knows about Black. And Harry's like, oh, look, it's Fudge. And everybody's looking around for the candy, and he means the man. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, yep. and, and I love how Hagrid's, no, Hagrid's actually, actually asking Harry, how does he know about Black? Which mm-hmm. is not an actual uh, a thing that, he, you know, Hagrid, Harry actually wants to tell Hagrid. Right. That's why he's changing the, yep. the and, subject. So now... Hagrid's all upset. Do you think he knows about the attacks? And Harry's like, there's no proof. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll be able to talk our way out of this. Well, you guys need to hide. I'm not hiding. We still have time. We don't have to be. minutes till curfew. And so, yeah. So, Dumbledore's like, hello, Hagrid. And guests. <laughs> <laughs> bad business, Hagrid. Bad business. You know. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> What did you just read? <laughs> I'm scanning through this again as we're as we're going through it, and and yeah, no, the part about Fudge going Potter, as in Harry Potter. I could have sworn you were. Tri- Never mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> of course, Draco is the illegitimate love child of Severus Snape and Narcissa. <laughs> <laughs> Or is Fudge one of the ones he actually introduced himself to as Draco Malfoy? At some I point? think he might have introduced himself as Draco Malfoy at one point too. Yeah. yeah, that happened to the twins. I can't remember if it happened to Fudge as well. Mm-hmm. Well, it happened in Flourish and Blots as well, and a couple okay. other times. What, Alex? Don't come over here. <laughs> I like it when you're clear across the bed and not on and my Harry computer. Is, Harry is nauseated by having to call Fudge sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Fudge is like, there's a basilisk running around the school. And, and Harry's like, no, there isn't. 
There's no proof. You can't really prove anything. And Lucius is like, well, Draco wouldn't lie. Right. And but why hasn't anybody else said anything? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Surely if there was a basilisk, people would be dying or at least getting petrified. And there's no one petrified right now. <laughs> yeah. And Lucius like, my son wouldn't. I love Ron. He's totally using Harry's line. Mr. Malfoy, your son is 12. <laughs> Lucius just flushes. <laughs> So are these people 12, but, uh, you know. <laughs> so they're heading back in because they have to prove that nobody's sick in the uh, hospital wing. And they get back inside, and, of course, somebody's there saying, uh, it's Filch. Uh, they're looking for you. Madam Pomfrey needs you for some reason. Yeah, there's been another one, and Lucius was like, oh, another what? But Filch doesn't like him, so a pair of students were... Hexing a rogue pixie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're asking for you. Harry's like, yes, I have to come. I have to help them spin this so they don't look like morons at breakfast tomorrow. Yeah. Phil's just like, wipe your feet. He's the spin doctor. Uh-huh. <laughs> run in the hallways. And so Fudge heads up. They decide to go up, too. And, and Harry hands Madame Pomfrey a, a vial and it's polyjuice. Whoops. Is this polyjuice? Uh, no, never mind. <laughs> Here, try this one. And so, and it's Draco and, and Cedric that have been petrified this time. <laughs> and Harry's amused. Mm-hmm. Because what were they even doing together? Mm-hmm. In the first place? Yeah. yeah. And they were POA. Yeah. What is POA? Prisoners of Azkaban? No. Petrified on arrival. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That, that's one of those bits where you can tell this is a crack pick. Mm-hmm. You know. Throwing in the little fandom abbreviations and things. And so Malfoy yes. and, and Fudge show up and Draco's like, Dad, why are you here? And he says, well, why are you here? And I was, I was. And Harry's like, And Cedric gets it and... We were comparing seeker strategies in the hallway, and this pixie starts attacking us, and we tried to immobilize it, and we hit each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this true? Draco's not sure. Uh, yeah? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Apparently there was a fourth year who managed to turn her ears into carrots. What was she doing? Lord knows. I really want to know. Fudge <laughs> yeah. is like, are you uh, sure? Humphrey's like, do you think I'm hiding my patients? So she makes them leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, if I was hiding patients, I wouldn't hide them in the hospital wing. You should check the broom closets or maybe the roof. Fudge retreats. Roof, 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 roof. Roof, roof, roof. Yeah. So. <laughs> Draco's like, that basilisk is a menace. <laughs> Does that mean you've renounced your evil ways as Arab Slytherin? <laughs> That isn't funny, Potter. <laughs> yeah. I know. So I know. It's just half the class actually believes you are the heir of Slytherin. Are you serious? No, I'm Harry. Serious is my godfather. <laughs> but I'm bum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if he actually said that? Yeah, mm-hmm. he doesn't finish the goat. doesn't finish the joke. Yeah. He just says, I'm Harry. And Jake yeah. goes like, what? Moral obligation, <laughs> you wouldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah. And Snape's like, what's going on here? <laughs> well, we're arguing about whether or not Malfoy being petrified rules him out as heir of Slytherin. 
I see, says Snape. Yeah. After the Minister of Magic himself came down to investigate those nasty rumors about a basilisk and was assured they were actually nasty rumors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you working, Snape demanded. Because I can't multitask to save my life when it comes to potions. I swear, I look up for a second and something explodes. Mm. Of course, that could be because the Slytherins keep throwing things in my cauldron to test if I'm worthy of associating with them by surviving their periodic murder attempts. Seems a bit strange to me, but then I'm not a Slytherin. <laughs> but you could have been. Oh! oh. <laughs> you could have been. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. On to chapter 24. We, we have a little I feel like... Go ahead. Note. Because there's some confusion on how come Draco lied to his father. But Draco didn't actually tell his father about the Basilisk. Lucius knows that it's supposed to be happening, so he's just informed the minister, and yeah. Draco had no idea his father was coming and what he was looking for, so... He's using his son as, a, as like, an excuse for, mm-hmm. uh, for fudge, but... Yeah. He's, he's using his son as hearsay. That's when it. his son actually never said anything. anything. Which is the danger of hearsay. Mm-hmm. No, so I, I, I like that Snape in this universe is starting to pick up on a few things with Harry. Mm-hmm. And so Snape totally knows so much more than, than Dumbledore about what's going on with Harry. Oh, usually. <laughs> usually. That's true. And half the fix that I've read, that I've read where they find out that Harry's being abused at the Dursley, it's Snape that picks, puts together the puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. Snape or McGonagall, yeah. Yeah. Dumbledore's oblivious to pretty much everything. And so is Miss Fig, who should be watching, who was sent there to make sure none of this was happening. Why she doesn't report anything, I'll never know. Yeah. Yeah, I, that, that is one of those holes in canon that drives me a little insane. Mm-hmm. I did read a good fic once that totally explained it, where Mrs. Fig reported it, but Dumbledore somehow missed the report, and so she thought he was ignoring it, so then she started ignoring it because she thought that's what he wanted her to do. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a thing, but... That's interesting. really just under the stack of stuff on his desk, and mm-hmm. then he finally gets to it at some point, and it's like, <clears throat> oh no! <laughs> Oops. I still like the uh, the one where it it's it's my favorite fic that hasn't been mentioned on this podcast in two years because I've been gone. It always happens behind closed doors. So what Mrs. Fig sees is suspicious, but there's no proof mm-hmm. that you know the Wizarding World or the Muggle World can do. But Harry has a spell on him where like his folder goes off in like the Department of Child Services within the Ministry of Magic, but someone silenced it of because course. it kept going off. Oh, you gotta yeah. love those people. <laughs> and they were like, it must be malfunctioning because it keeps going off over and over and over again. Instead of, oh, hey, this keeps going off over and over again. Maybe we should go check on this poor kid. Yeah, no, no one can be abused this much. He's like, you know, only a year old. Who would, you know, abuse, you know, Who would lock a one-year-old? Out one-year-old in the closet and not change his nappies and cuddle him in the dark and leave him to the spiders? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The Dursleys? <laughs> uh, sorry. Is it canon that, or something else that I've read that she says at one point, 
she couldn't treat him too well at her place or the Dursleys wouldn't let him no, keep that's coming canon. back. That's canon. That that's canon. canon. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something going on there at the very least that she knows enough about. Mm-hmm. Well, and, but I, so this is the thing, delving into my knowledge of abuse and, and proof and all that. It's very, very hard to prove emotional abuse, mm-hmm. which was the most prevalent thing with the Dursleys, was it was very clear that they were emotionally abusing him. But it's almost mm-hmm. impossible to have enough evidence because most of the time for any court of law, what they want is, you know, evidence that the abuse happened. You can't, you know, definitively, you know, yeah, rule that abuse happens really well. But you could nail him for neglect. They okay, totally so you, neglected him, and they could yes. have been nailed for neglect. Yes, but the but the thing is, is most of the neglect that happened is stuff that we know only because we see everything from Harry's perspective. But he's skinny, he's not fed, and he's in oversized clothes. That right there would spark. But the, all the, it would probably spark an investigation, mm-hmm. but. Beyond a couple of visits, it wouldn't do anything because the but Department you of Child know Services. Know that but, if the people came and visited, they would straighten up because they don't want anybody scrutinizing them. Right, but they would straighten straighten up for like two weeks and then they'd go back to normal. Yeah, so it, it, it's entirely possible that in those you know ten years between when the, the Dumbledore dropped Harry off and you know when Harry got his letter, that a couple teachers noticed and called, and the Dursleys got a visit, and Harry got, you know, a week in the guest bedroom. But, you know, apart from that, you know, nothing happened. Yeah. Because they couldn't prove anything. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that, like, you know, and, and even if they could prove some, I mean, to a certain extent, some of the stuff, unless Harry was in danger, all that would happen is the Dursleys would get some classes and, you know... Mm -hmm. Harry would not be removed from the home. Probably. Especially not. with the fact that, that, you know, the Dursleys are his blood. Mm-hmm. So it, I mean, it's, it's horrifying because the psychological effects of abuse that happen on kids who have, you know, who have to grow up with it and are stuck in that, in that position, you know, are horrible mm-hmm. and they have to live with it their entire lives. But, you know, that's the system that we have right now. And until somebody fixes it and says, we have to have a more definitive system. I mean, the foster system's also all screwed up. So, you know, I don't know. It's like a chicken or egg problem. What do we fix first? Yeah. But in the meantime, Harry's still on the list. cruising along and yeah, he Pettigrew's hears... annoying everybody because everyone in the castle has been petrified at least once by now. Mm-hmm. Except for Harry. Yeah. Yeah. And which is interesting because this time they're not avoiding the Slytherins. No, everybody's mm-hmm. getting it. And so he finds a message that says their skeletons will lie forever in the chamber or in the chamber forever. And he's like, Oh wait, wait, time out. There? More than one. <laughs> Something's wrong. Well, things here. are changing. But Something's he's wrong. got a plan. He does have a plan. He goes he to stole Lockhart. a rooster from Hagrid earlier and stashed it with Lockhart. No, no, no! He did not steal it. He borrowed it. Borrowed it. Let's be yes. let's be clear. Mm-hmm. This is true. He's planning to give it back, just not until they've used it. Yep. So that Pettigrew didn't have a chance to go kill it. 
they hid it in Lockhart's office, it looks like, or something. Yeah, and uh, even Lockhart's been petrified four times already. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> What's all one right, more? Well, I guess I can go down with you. Why not? We're not a huge danger. So they head into Myrtle's bathroom, and Harry opens up the the portal, and Lockhart's like, tell me there's stairs. Harry's like, no, you got to go down this slide. And Lockhart's like, I'll get dirty. <laughs> the grime will add authenticity. <laughs> but just go. And then he calls Sirius on his mirror. And Who went to Vegas. Who's in Vegas, yeah, I know. Uh, Vegas, you're in America? What are you doing there? Gambling, Sirius said patiently. Well, that and, but you're a little, you're really too young for that. I'm 24, Harry said irritably. Exactly, far too young. I, however, am 37, and since we seem to be counting both timelines, and that's plenty old enough. (laughs) You know what? You need to send a message to the Daily Prophet saying the students have been taken to the Chamber of Secrets. Why? Other than the fact that there were students taken to the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> You've been working all year to keep this quiet. Why do you want to blow it now? Since because they I want to capture Pettigrew and have proof. And I left uh, Lockhart alone down there, so if I better hurry because he'll wander off and, you know, manage to annoy Voldemort's <laughs> Horcrux and get himself killed. <laughs> so you're like, and eh, that would be a bad thing? <laughs> of course it would be. Be a huge blow to my reputation as a resident hero. Mm-hmm. Bye. And Myrtle says, You have issues. <laughs> <laughs> Myrtle, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. And then he unshrinks his broom and takes that down the pipe. <laughs> so why not? Yeah. It turns, they go down to the chamber and Pettigrew is lying there in front of the statue. Very strange, but it turns out that Ginny and Luna are there and they've already rescued themselves. Yep. Mostly because Pettigrew's a dumbass. <laughs> which is not really all that surprising. Yeah. It's like, somehow it was less jarring to see Luna in the chamber than Ginny, although Harry wasn't sure if that was because Luna was always getting into strange situations or because the odds of Ginny getting taken down again were really small. They were going like- to visit the Thestrals, apparently. Yeah. I like how uh, Harry... Uh- you know, the, this conversation takes place of Lockhart kind of goes over to Pettigrew and, like, kind of nudges him, kind of like the, ew, the dead, kind of way. And, you know, it's like, he, he won't wake. And Harry's like, I don't really care if he wakes up. I just need him alive. Come to think of it, I don't even really do it, need him alive. I just need him nice and unexploded. Yep. I'm, I'm fairly sure, sure he's still, still alive, alive. says Lockhart. <laughs> he is, Tom Riddle agreed, for now. Why are you killing the one guy stupid enough to follow you, even when you're nothing but a disembodied spirit? Besides, and you're not even a disembodied spirit. You're a diary filled with teenage angst. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently he did manage to steal Lockhart's wand, because, of course. Duh. Yeah. And he said, Harry says, if you want to know how I survived the killing curse, the answer is none of your business. <laughs> I don't think you quite understand, Riddle said fully. I am going to kill you. That is inevitable. And nothing you can do will change that. Wormtail will also die. I need his life force to bring me into reality. Those two young girls, however, don't have to die. I will kill them, though. And slowly, if you do not give me the information I need. Harry is arguing with the bastion of teenage angst. Mm-hmm. Yep. He says, do you have any idea how boring it was having to listen to the silly little troubles of such a silly little man? 
<laughs> well, I'm sorry you were bored, says Harry, but if that's the worst inconvenience you had, you're pretty lucky. You had to put up with stuttering all year last year. That's Would you giving me migraines? And I only have ever had quirrel during class. And Riddle's like, why won't you take me seriously? <laughs> because because they're made they're up the of teenage angst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Riddle's like, I'm the mo- I become the most spirited wizard of all time. I'm a bloody mass murderer. I'll give you the mass murderer thing, Harry said. But the whole effect is ruined by the fact that you keep a diary. I mean, honestly, what's with that? It's like, dear diary, today I went and slaughtered an entire village of muggles. Aren't I a diabolical? And no, I am no- in no way compensating for the fact that my father abandoned my mother before I was born. And no, said father was not a muggle. Where are those dreadful accusations coming from? They're distinctly not fabulous. Stop! Fabulous! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no way you're the most feared wizard of all time. I mean, you may terrify everyone now, but that's generational. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was Grindelwald before that, and God knows there were more before him. Yeah. I'd probably go with Herpo the Fowl. I don't know. Yeah. I was going to let your little girlfriends live, but now I'm not. (laughs) Speak to me, Slytherin. Grant is the Hogwarts poor. Uh, riddle kiss. Wow, he had a huge ego. I wonder if he had to say that when he was visiting the chamber. Is it time yet? Lockhart. <laughs> Almost. Close your eyes. Yeah, so he tells Luna and Ginny to close their eyes too, just in case. So even if they only get pet- petrified, it's kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. And yep. then Riddle tells the Basilisk to kill them all, and Lockhart makes the rooster crow, and <laughs> it's <laughs> Thunk. <laughs> Riddle no! says, no, you will pay for this, you. And Harry take, puts some dragon hide gloves on, at, summons a fang to himself, and stabs it into the diary. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm what destroying you doing? your diary. But you can't. But you can't. <laughs> you're, you're too, too old, old for these things. things. And given and you're the self... Given you are a self-proclaimed scariest wizard ever, it's quite frankly embarrassing that you still have this. It's for your own good, really. <laughs> <laughs> and he stabs the diary with the bang. Yep. And hey, Ginny Yay. gets lines in the next chapter. Woohoo! Yay! More than she did in the movies. But poor Nor- Norbert, Luna's crumple horn Snorkak, is petrified, so we have to revive him. Mm. Oh, or maybe, maybe he's not petrified, maybe he's just... Uh, oh, yeah, because he looked in the mirror Ginny put on the floor. <laughs> Why yeah. in the world did you put a mirror on the floor? I wanted to watch the heroic fight. <laughs> <laughs> and poor Ginny. Ginny's like, this is not a good rescue. I don't like this rescue. I was <laughs> hoping for something better. And Harry's like, okay, let's make one up. Because <laughs> we're obviously not going to tell him what we actually did. That's not heroic enough. I feel like this is something totally that Jen would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this isn't good enough. We need to do this over. Do it again. Do it again. Yeah. Maybe with more uh, Alan Rickman. Professor Lockhart gouged out the basilisk's eyes, and it bit him in the shoulder, and I heroically slayed it with the sword of Gryffindor. <laughs> but that's not what happened, Jenny says. Well, there's no proof. <laughs> oh, Technically, yeah. Harry isn't lying about what he did. No. He just didn't do it in this timeline. In this timeline. Well, how come... Professor Lockhart's still alive. Oh, well, because I have a vial of Phoenix Tears in my pocket. I always keep one, you know. Kind of like Sue the Aurora. Oh, excuse me. Uh, uh, what was my name again? 
Eve. Eve the Aurora, yes. Yeah. Uh, she's looking for Bob didn't let you uh, get away with that, though. No, he didn't. And and I actually didn't have it. I, I got it from Danielle, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... And- that, yeah, like, that would be way it doesn't look like you've been bitten by a basilisk, though. And she uses a cutting curse on Lockhart. <laughs> hey, these are good robes! Oh, well. <laughs> sacrifices, you know, sacrifices. Yeah. And like, so, how are you supposed to explain stabbing the basilisk when you don't even have the sword of Gryffindor? Of course I have it. I filched it from Dumbledore's office months ago. <laughs> I'm going to say the sorting hat gave it to me, though. Well, how are you going to get the sorting hat? Oh, I paid Peeves to get it for me. What? <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. Harry has a lot of convoluted plans. Mm-hmm. So they decide that they're going to give Ginny 5% of what they make on the basilisk. Yes. Yeah. And, and Lockhart had offered to obliviate her and just say she'd been unconscious the whole time, but Harry's Harry had turned that down, and he's kind of a little disappointed now. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like, I should have just let him do it. So, But now Luna and Ginny are going to get some part of the proceeds from the basilisk and that makes Ginny happy. Well, I think Ginny's happy that they're not going to tell her parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she has money that her parents don't know about. Mm -hmm. And Luna's happy because she's going to fund a creature hunting expedition. Of course. Yep. So now we have to get back up. I feel bad for Ginny. They're going to have to walk back to the entrance and then Harry's going to have to take turns flying them up. Yeah, because they don't have Fox to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And Lockhart's like, if you could do that, then why did you make me go down that stupid slide? Nostalgia? What? <laughs> and he doesn't tell them anything more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they put Pettigrew in a jar. <laughs> oh, yeah, so Pettigrew starts to escape, and Harry has to go after him, and he has to turn into his animagus form to do it, which well, is a snake. Oh, uh, yes. And Luna happens to have a jar on her that is made out of animagus-proof glass, so now he can't yeah. get away. Because you never know when you might run into an animagus one don't, you don't want to escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's convenient. So I'm concerned on how large this jar is. No, I don't think it's very big, but who knows? Jars, Peter is a very fat rat, wasn't he? Mm. Mm. Yeah, but probably not as giant as the movie version of him. He's probably, it's, it could be just like a mason jar. It'd be big enough. This is true. So they, they get up to the office and, and, uh, Harry walks in and goes, we're alive. And Molly's like, oh, Jimmy. I'm fine. I, I love, I love this, this flaw in, in Harry's story. Almost as convenient as you suddenly having a snake animagus form, Ginny countered. Harry waved her suspicion off. Oh, please. I've been an animagus for years now. You're only a second year though. Oh, well. What can I say? I'm very talented. It's like, Harry, years means more than a couple of years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Someone's going to catch on to that one. (laughs) Yeah. And and, uh, Snape goes after Harry because he didn't get a responsible adult, didn't tell a responsible adult. And Harry's like, I did. I got Professor Lockhart. (laughs) He's got to be responsible if Professor Dumbledore hired him. (laughs) (laughs) and skeeter's reed is in the room yeah so mr malfoy is it true i'm afraid you have me confused with someone else i'm harry potter Mm -hmm. and yes i did go down the chamber of secrets and reed is using her quill so everything will be even more embellished than harry's making it of course and they finally get everything straight 
the, there's a person in there that they don't know who he is. It's probably serious. He yeah. wants to know about Peter. And Harry's like, I forgot about him. You forgot? Well, you know, we caught him. You caught Peter? Who is this Peter? And Luna's like, Peter Pettigrew. He's an illegal rat atomigus and secret death eater extraordinaire. And she holds out the jar. Yes. Oh, good thinking, Luna, says Superphilius. <laughs> and Sirius stuns him and turns him back into Peter. And says, oh, oh, look, it's Peter Pettigrew. And by the way, you're a bunch of boy. <laughs> Peter Pettigrew, didn't you blow up? <laughs> yeah. No. Because apparently Dumbledore called for him, but it wasn't actually Dumbledore. <laughs> no. But it's a good thing he showed up, because Lucius and Fudge show up. And hey, now they have a bunch of witnesses to the fact that Peter Pettigrew is still alive. Yes, and, and so- also he's, they beat him very serum, and you know, basically Harry is very direct in his questions. Are you a Death Eater? Yes. Is Sirius a Death Eater? No. Well, then there you go. <laughs> when are you going to pardon him? Uh, pardon? Well, naturally, I'd hurry up before Rita writes this up and everybody knows you didn't clear it clearly innocent. <coughs> Snape snorts. Man. Court of public opinion, you know. Mm-hmm. So, will he hurry this up? Sirius asks, I'm so not in the mood. As the actress said to the bishop, says Harry. <coughs> um, okay. Apparently yeah. he doesn't get it. But eventually, but Fudge does agree to uh, drop the paperwork for an official pardon, and Harry's like, well, it happens, I just have that right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> side here, and you two, and you side here, and we're all good. All right. And the polyjuice potion w- wears off, and they're like, oh, you're serious black. <laughs> Jenny says, does everything always work out this conveniently for you? Pretty much. In this universe, it does. Yep. And then, I wonder why. Probably because yeah, Lucius yeah. goes out and Harry throws him the gloves, which he tosses. gloves. And Dobby's like, you give them to Dobby. Dobby is free. And as in the books, he gets to fly backwards down the stairs and land on the landing. You shall go now. You shall not touch Harry Potter. You shall go now. And Dobby thinks she thought you should know that the reason people laugh when they think you're not looking is because they think Badmaster Draco is not your son. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Dobby's the one that tells him this. <laughs> this is so perfect. Oh. Yep. And we have Snape and Sirius having a yelling fight. And, uh, Harry calls him a hypocrite. Sirius says, carrying around a decade's worth of resentment cannot possibly be good for you. Harry's like, really? You're the one saying that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we move on. And we had a, the school is no longer at risk and we didn't even have to do anything party. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Woo! Yes. Yay! And Harry, with his gift of dramatic flair, or flair for dramatic and uh, gifted storytellerness, he's told everyone this tale. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get out of all of these points, and, of course, Dumbledore, you know, gives him a million points, and Harry's just like, oh. <laughs> Ravenclaw comes in second place because Luna gets points for being mm-hmm. kidnapped. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. And Daphne says, I've just noticed it always comes down to either Gryffindor or Slytherin winning the house cup, and Ravenclaw may be coming in second. Mm-hmm. Why is it Raven- Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff never win? Uh, because Hufflepuff don't give a shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Neither does Harry, but it's not working for him. 
They're points, guys. That, see, that's the secret of the Hufflepuff house. We don't care about points. The we points care about hard don't work. matter. Yes, we are, we are like, um, man, I'm horrible tonight. What's the game show? Uh, whose line is it anyway? Whose line is it anyway? Yes. Yep. Hufflepuff is one big whose line fiesta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. At least Hufflepuff divination class anyway. Everything's made up and our points don't matter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Harry says their, goodbye to Lockhart. The reasoning in here is the Ravenclaws are usually too busy studying to worry too much about the house cup, and Hufflepuffs uh, are already doing exactly what they're supposed to do, so what are what more are they supposed to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then, yes, the <laughs> Dumbledore announces uh, Professor Lockhart is retiring to write his new book. Mm-hmm. Harry goes to say goodbye. Baiting the Basilisk. Yes, Baiting the Basilisk. That Luna yep. has come up with, the title. Uh-huh. Yep. And uh, Rita does a great article. Rumors have been flying around for months that there's been... Oh. The Chamber of Secrets has been opened and the Basilisk has been running around. Mm-hmm. Uh, no trace of this ba- alleged Basilisk was found until now. This reporter was contacted by an anonymous party claiming to represent Harry Potter and told Hogwarts was about to reveal the mystery surrounding the castle. Skeptical and but intrigued. She... And then Gilderhoy Lockhart and Geneva Wesley and Luna and Harry come in and they have this fabulous tale to tell. Details on page five. Peter Pettigrew was there and he has admitted under questioning that he was the one that murdered everybody and Black was imprisoned and he's innocent and, yeah. Black says, I'm understandably very frustrated at the years I spent wrongfully imprisoned, but I am confident that now the truth is out, justice will be served, and I intend to seek custody of my godson, Harry Potter, and move on with my life. When asked, Potter said, had this to say on the subject, well, I will admit that I do not know Sirius very well. Bullshit. <laughs> but I will firmly, I am firmly convinced that he has only my best interests at heart and feel that the magical environment will, would be better suited for me than a muggle one that I've spent my entire life in. Besides, Sirius was my father's best friend and the person my parents entrusted my safety to in the event anything happened to them. Living with Sirius is something that I want, and what's more, it's what my parents would have wanted. I don't know him very well, but I'm convinced he has. Scott must have gone away for a while. I think so, because <laughs> I just said all that. Last line is, Scott! Uh-oh. <laughs> Are we all back? Yep. <laughs> We're here, you keep going and coming. Kat <laughs> already read that whole line, and just as she finished, you started reading it. So we're like, ooh, Scott's time traveling. <laughs> Apparently, I heard you finish the paragraph before that and then not say anything, so I read the last part. Oh, no, she read it. It was weird, but okay. Woo! Harry's getting to go home, and he's trying to evade Hermione's attempts to talk to him about his phenomenal test scores, because, of course, he's already taken these tests once, so he knows all the answers. Which I don't yep. quite get for time travel fix, because... I don't remember the answers to tests I took when I was 11. No. <laughs> I don't think it's so much of, of that. It, 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 I think it's kind of like, you know, you've taken the SATs for the Americans. You've te- But you've taken, like, the big, like, college entrance tests. And then you go back and you take, like, the tests that you took in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, it's not necessarily that you know the exact answer to the, the to the test, but 
that combined with review that you've just done in the entire school. So because it's not like Harry's like slacking off and not doing anything within class. Like he's not doing much, but he's doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. So like it's kind of like a review for him. The right. entire year is review of like re- reminding him of what they learned that year. And then it's super easy to take the test because of course he knows the answer because you know he's learned all this before. And of course yeah. he can ace the prep. He, I'm guessing he aces the practical and does less well on the written. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that. Just because he's, because he's, he's had all this experience. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause, you know, making a pineapple tap dance is super easy. You know, when you've done other things like defeat the dark lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And become an animagus and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. So. Sirius is threatening to sue Dumbledore, Fudge, and half the ministry for wrongful imprisonment. So they sort of expedite uh, Sirius becoming his guardian. Well, and, and Sirius has kind of an excellent point of Dumbledore bypassed the mm-hmm. legal um, system with Harry. So he, you know, technically Harry was kidnapped after his parents' death. <laughs> it's true. Hagrid took him from his parents' house, not as a legal authority, but as Hagrid, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and took him to Dumbledore. Like, that just doesn't... That yes, makes the whole situation in so worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love Harry. Oh, by the way, I got an early start on my divination, and I saw that Ron's dad's going to win the annual Daily Profit Grand Prize draw and win a bunch of money. Yeah, so we're going to go to Egypt, too, so we can spend it with you. <laughs> yeah. And if it doesn't happen, we'll have fun without you. <laughs> yeah. Hermione's like, you're going to travel to a foreign country for a month on the off chance your prediction comes true. Yeah. Well, mostly I just want to see Fred and George try to shut Percy in the pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Weasley. Have you met my godfather, Sirius Black? <gasps> <laughs> I heard you have custody of Harry now. Yes, it's been eight days today. <laughs> well, well, I love Mrs. Weasley. I'm sure he's going like, I wish he was ours. I wish he was ours. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. And then, hey, Draco, I just wanted to thank you for all your help this year with... Du- oh, hi, hi Mrs. Narcissa. <laughs> no, what? <laughs> and Sirius comes up and says, Cousin Narcissa, how are you? I was so glad to hear of your acquittal. Now, if you'll excuse us. Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, wow, I've never seen her so cold before. And Sirius is like, yeah, well, she doesn't like me much. There may there have, been have been an incident been. involving her boyfriend, a frog, a bottle of pink hair dye, and a trampoline. <laughs> I don't even want to know what they did. I totally do. <laughs> First of all, I fully deny any and all involvement. My presence, along with James, Remus, and he who is not worth mentioning, was completely coincidental, as was James' camera. Yeah. It all started once. <laughs> and they head off for the summer. I love the author's note. Harry had an amazing summer. Absolutely. I couldn't do it justice, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna write it. But it was really good. I promise. <laughs> Yeah. Which I kind of appreciate because so many authors try and write Harry having an amazing summer and it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's hard. Well, it's boring. One. The other is it's so hard to show a Harry justing to, you know, it, what, what probably would have been a normal summer for people. Mm-hmm. 
and for him, it's an amazing summer because he doesn't have to do, you know, his homework under the sheets anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so Harry's made this very bad choice. He hired Dobby to do his school shopping. So now he's bored. Bored, bored, bored. Because everybody else is shopping and he didn't want to go with them. So he and Sirius are just sitting there waiting. Having ice cream, but bored. And, he, and he's, thinking, he's thinking to himself, I wonder why Draco always insists on doing his own shopping. And Draco set, comes up behind him and says, because house elves have notoriously poor color schemes. Oh, good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder what Dobby's going to get. Yeah. And Harry says, pinch me, I must be dreaming. Draco Malfoy has remembered I exist. <laughs> I never forgot. Then why didn't you answer any of the 37 letters I sent you? Because they were full of meaningless drivel that I didn't care about. Uh, yeah. And my mother thinks you're a bad influence on me. Well, that's probably true. Well, no. Her, his mother thinks his new guardian will be a bad influence. Oh, that's, that's true. definitely true. Also true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Harry's sort of a good influence, but that depends on your point of view. <laughs> I love, I love this one. Um, me, a bad influence. Some people. Well, you were recently pardoned, a recently pardoned fugitive who spent who knows how many years in Azkaban, Harry pointed out tactfully. My record was expunged, hit serious counter. That means that legally it never happened, and I've decided to refuse to acknowledge that it did. Besides, Lucius is a death eater. He was cleared of all charges, so legally he isn't. Serious nerd at that. Speaking of death eaters. <laughs> how do we stand on the diary front? Hmm. And By diary, meaning Horcrux. Yeah. We got rid of that one. Where's the ring? We can take care of that today. So while everybody else is doing their school shopping, Sirius and Harry bounce off to take care of the ring. To little Hangleton. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. And Harry has to side along operating because he doesn't know how to explain how to get there. And they end up in the graveyard. And Sirius is like, can you be any more of an emo teenager? Yeah. It's not my fault. This is just where I remember being in this town. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, wait a second, yeah, how do you even know the term emo? <laughs> yeah. And then he wants to borrow the time turner. What makes you think I have a time turner? I won't even not dignify, dignify that, with, that with a response. Please! <laughs> I'll buy you a yeah. fireball. Deal. And then he said, hey, wait a minute. Didn't you say that Voldemort resurrects himself using his dad's bones? Yeah. Well, let's get rid of the bones. Which is kind of a good idea, but Harry makes a point in that he's got a Voldemort has to come back using Harry's blood, otherwise he can't get rid of the Horcrux inside Harry. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, "Well, uh, we'll at least switch his father's bones for some more distant relative or something." Mm-hmm. Yep. Make him weaker. So Sirius is going to do that, and Harry's going to go find the the ring. ring, and he's found it, and then Sirius pops in. But there's but a lot of wards around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, Sirius knows how to get through them. So. Yeah. And he wants also, unfortunately, Snape to, uh, Sirius seems to be in a trance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wants to put it on. And Sirius, if you put that on, then Snape will have to save your life. Do you really want to give him <laughs> something like that to hold over your head forever? <laughs> I get it, I get it! He drops the ring. I can see it now. You tried to kill me when we were 16, Black, and I saved your life 17 years later. It just goes to show that... Fine, fine. Yeah. He manages to snap Sirius out of it, thankfully. So they cast Fiendfire on this house. They're bad on houses, these two. No. I'm not inviting it's them over. 
And, well, just as well, long as you don't have a Horcrux they need to destroy in your house, you're probably okay. Mm-hmm. Good, yeah. <laughs> Here comes Hermione with the cat. He's like, quick shakes! He's like, how did you, Hermione's like, how did you know? Oh, my scar told me. I told me. you. My scar is <laughs> my scar study extermination. Yeah. He was right about the minis- my dad in the Ministry Galilee and draw two. Hermione's like, oh. Yeah. Pretty much everything else he's ever said would happen has happened. He's either a psychic or one hell of a con man. He's one hell of a con man. He's one hell of a con man, yep. Yep. And he's got some, you know, added advantages <laughs> the whole time travel thing. Mm-hmm. He's a 25-year-old in a dorm full of 13-year-olds. Yep. They're, they're asking him why he's taking care of magical creatures. And he's like, well, I've got a surprise. Hagrid, don't I? Hagrid, is he going to be our new teacher? Hmm. Yeah. Well, of course. Who else would give us a biting book? And apparently Harry told the manager that you have to stroke the spine, so Mm -hmm. the manager didn't have to lock them up in a cage and battle them every time somebody came to buy one. Mm -hmm. Yep. And Neville, I like this, that Neville's also one that calls him Voldemort, Mm -hmm. or Voldemort, because it's an insult to his parents' memories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now I have Snape, Snape. Severus Snape in my head. Dumbledore! <laughs> oh, come on. We have to do it once for Alan Rickman. We do. We haven't talked about that because it happened after our last podcast. Yeah. Man, that was a horrible week. <laughs> it was a bad week. There's some really interesting timing things, too. Like, one of the other shows that I just started, I don't actually watch it regularly, but one of the Geek and Sundry shows is about movies. Mm-hmm. And their show... Yeah. That Monday, they were rewatching Galaxy Quest, but it oh. hadn't happened yet. And then I was watching it after it had happened, and I thought, oh, that's a really nice tribute. But then they're talking about, yeah, we'll have to get them together for a sequel, and it would have to have all the original actors. And I'm like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, Neil deGrasse Tyson re-ran his interview with Alan Rickman for the last for this week's podcast. Oh, Which was, yeah. was really nice. Yeah. yeah. I had heard it once before, but it was nice to, to recap it. So I'm still nine months behind, although I'm slowly catching up. <laughs> the last one I just listened to today was uh, Star Trek from Sketchfest with Bill Nye. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. it's really very sad that he's passed. Alan Rickman was an amazing actor, and I will always love him for his portrayal of Snape. But he was in so many other good things, too. Here are a few snippets. Rest in peace, Alan. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, Cancel the kitchen scraps for lepers and orphans. No more merciful beheadings. And call off Christmas. Whatsoever from one place doth fall is with the tide unto another broad. That was an actor once. Damn it, now look at me. Look at me! I can't go out there, and I won't say that stupid line. I'm the half-blood prince. The problem is, all these were like so such young people, like in their fifties. Well, they're sixty-nine, but even so, even so, that is not very. No, it just reminds me of um, 
you know, when Dame Maggie Smith was sick with cancer and everyone was kind of like, you know, hanging on that to that to their seat, like, please don't die. Please don't die. We love you. I know. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the, the things right after it happened. I saw a post on Facebook and it was like, all right, people, gather around Patrick Stewart and Ian Mc- How do you say his name? McKinnon? Ian McCallum. McCallum. Yeah. Let's, let's hold them tight. We can't lose them too. I'm like, all right, don't put ideas into somebody's head, you know, don't tempt mm-hmm. fate. Yeah. I've seen, uh, um, somebody say, all right, um, January was a trial month. I'm returning it and starting tw- 2016 over. <laughs> yeah. And I saw one that said, leave our legends alone, but we can, we'll let you have the Kardashians. Yeah. I don't think very that nice, but you know, it's sad. It was it sad. Yeah. And I did wear my always shirt in tribute. Very nice. So that must have happened last Wednesday because I couldn't wear my always shirt the first, the the morning after it happened because I was interviewing that day and I thought I should probably try to look presentable. And not nerdy. And not too nerdy. Although they all knew I was nerdy anyhow. (laughs) Especially because I said, they said something about, so tell us something that you would do for a small group or to teach children about something. And I was like, well, this week I brought my D and D dice in and we played, we played with the D and D dice so that we could learn numbers. <laughs> and my boss is just like, you are such a nerd. <laughs> and I said, yes, and you love me. So we're done. Yeah. Well, I would love to have so, you as my teacher. So. Oh, thanks. so this is one thing that, um, I, I, as a Sunday school teacher and, and someone who will be returning to being a youth leader, you know, soon, hopefully, I always kind of over nerd it for the kids because I want to teach them that, you know, it's okay, okay to love things, mm-hmm. especially, you know, cause the, the, it, it, it's good to teach that when they're little, but it's kind of like, for me, important to reaffirm that when they're teenagers, mm-hmm. because when they're teenagers, they're trying, they're starting to give into peer pressure and, you know, trying to be cool and to have them see like adults who are just like, Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and yay, John Barrowman, like just get excited about things just because you're excited about them and not try and be all cool and hip. Mm-hmm. Like, and for kids to identify that at 11 as cool and hip because you're, you know, 25 and all 25 year olds are apparently cool and hip. It's kind of one of those that like, you know, life moments of just like, no, I have to do this. I have to be a nerd. I have mm-hmm. to bring my D and D at Dyson. I have to, you know, do all this stuff because otherwise they're not going to know that there's more than one way to live. Right. And it's cool. It's cool to be a nerd. It's awesome to be a nerd. It is, however, very frustrating to be an author and a nerd. (laughs) The novel is not going well. I'm sorry. It's okay. But where were we? Yes. Where were we? Mm. Poor, poor Snape. Poor, poor poor Snape. And Alan Rickman. Yes. Well, Sirius lets them know that they are looking at the newest Hogwarts professor. And Harry's aghast because does that mean we won't get Remus? But no, he's taking over for History of Magic. Mm-hmm. And because uh, speaking of interviewing, while he was interviewing, Bins unfortunately got exercised. Exercised. He was ascending to a higher plane. Hmm. And that is what Sirius used the time turner for. Right. Yeah. What time turner? I know nothing about a time turner. And, yeah. 
Note, poor Snape. Poor, poor, poor Snape. <laughs> Even if Remus is too mature for anything drastic and is perfectly capable of behaving as a responsible adult, God knows Sirius isn't. <laughs> Sirius will never no. be. No. No. So, we start chapter 28, and Harry is dragging everybody all over the train looking for Remus, and Remus is not there, and Hermione's like, can we please sit down? He's not here. But, but he's supposed to be here. Professors don't ride the train, Harry. But, but my scar thought it might, you know. <laughs> Oop, your scar is wrong for once. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Who knows what you get up to left to your own devices. Last time that happened, Sirius and I defiled someone's grave, burned out a house, vandalized <laughs> the family heirloom, and expediated bids journey to the afterlife. <laughs> I'm sure you had a good reason, Luna said cheerfully, except for the last one. I'm sure you just wanted to spend quality time with your new guardian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a good and reason. Ginny is ignoring Harry because she's still mad at him about what happened in the chamber. Not doing a proper rescue. Mm-hmm. And he's annoying her by referring to her every time he ends sentence. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's still not talking to him. Yep. And then finally, Ginny kicks them out so that the girls can change. And then mm-hmm. the boys change. It takes them forever because they're yakking. And finally, the girls are like, are you done yet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Harry wants to know when Ginny got an owl, and and Ron's like, yesterday, remember? I wanted to know how she could afford one, and she won't tell me. And Harry's like, uh, was that when you were shopping? Because remember, Sirius and I were committing various crimes then. Were they ice cream cl- crimes? That's not a Probably. Yeah. And it's it's a different owl, but still named Pigwidgeon, because mm-hmm. that's what Ginny names her owl. And because, yeah, Sirius didn't give it to them, so. Mm-hmm. But it's also, it's Ginny's owl this time, not Ron's. Right. Mm-hmm. And and Ron, er, and Harry's not wearing any robes because he's decided he's only going to wear robes to, to class. Yeah, robes are for sheep, apparently. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, I'll lose us the house cup this year. Oh, uh, Harry. Harry finds it very surreal to see Sirius sitting at the staff table. And it's even stranger to see him casually pointing his wand. It's oh, is it Snape who's doing this? It's I'm, even stranger to I see. I don't know. I'm, I'm casually pointing his wand at Sirius's heart while he ate, and Remus keeps shooting guilty looks. And yeah, Sirius that one's is, a typo. Yeah, I'm guessing yeah. it's Sirius pointing his wand at Snape. It's Snape. Yeah, yeah, that was one of them. Like I said, there were a few in here that caught that pulled me out because I was listening. Yeah, on the text reader. Either that or there's more than one Sirius sitting at the table, which would be also awkward. Well, maybe Sirius has already changed Snape into Sirius. Who knows? <laughs> That's possible. So Dumbledore greets everybody and announces that Flupin uh, is going to be Defense Against Dark Arts mm-hmm. Professor, or Data, as I think some people call it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I never understood. Why, why, why do people call it Data? Yeah. D-A-D-A? It's, it's, it's D-A-D-A at, at the most. Yeah, and um, the only abbreviation it actually gets in the books is defense, mm-hmm. which actually yeah. is shorter to say. But, this oh, is well. true. Um, Other than data. Yeah. It sounds like baby talk. Mm-hmm. And okay, Harry so. takes in a standing ovation, so everybody else does yes. too. <laughs> and then Hagrid gets announced as the new Care of Magical Creatures. Yes. And... Yes, because Professor Kettleburn still wants to enjoy more time with his remaining limbs. Mm-hmm. And then Sirius... And Sirius gets announced as the new history teacher. Woohoo! Yep. 
And, and serious, <laughs> in true serious fashion, decides to launch fireworks that spell out things like Return of the Marauders, which of course launches, ner- shocks the twins to mm-hmm. no end. <laughs> Why are you guys following me? Harry asks Fred and George. Good question, Harry. Fred responds. Better question. Why didn't you tell us that your godfather was one of the marauders? It must have slipped my mind. Slipped your mind! Slipped your mind! How could I have slipped your mind? <laughs> you knew they were our heroes. Did you guys ever mention that? I don't know, Fred. I'm not sure, George. But he should have known anyway! Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Professor Lupin is Mooney, Sirius is Padfoot, and if you mention real- Wormtail in front of Sirius, he'll probably hex you. Professor Lupin? <laughs> really? I guess he must not be as straight-laced as I thought. No, no, he oh, is. Oh, no, he is. He needs encouragement. <laughs> He's still awesome. He just needs a little encouragement. Mm-hmm. And Peter Pettigrew. Was Wormtail, so He's that's Wormtail. a bit of a sore subject. He's a sore subject. Well, and I don't... This is the only thing that I really... Uh, that bugs me a little bit about this passage. They're not making as big a deal as they would about the fact that Harry's father was prongs. Mm-hmm. He's the son of a marauder. Fred and George would be dancing around his feet. Yeah. Well, they already know that he's kind of got that mentality in this version. Well, yeah, but I mean, still, there's, there's a, I, I, even so, I think, you know, they, if they didn't know who Prongs was, then, you know, even if, you know, one of them found out they were, you know, the Weasleys were somehow connected to a marauder, Mm -hmm. they'd be going nuts. Yeah. So to, to be to be close friends with the son of a marauder is a huge thing mm-hmm. for those guys. And Fred and George want autographs from Remus and uh, Sirius. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that, that it's not because it's Sirius Black; it's because it's you know a Sirius Padfoot Black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sirius like I spent yeah, because it's August Padfoot. with you. Why didn't you want my autograph then? We didn't know you were a marauder then. <laughs> Yeah. Blame it on the rock experts. Oh, that's right. Hi, Tonks. What are you okay. doing here? Oh, I just came to talk to my, you know, cousin. Trying to get Sirius to acknowledge my existence. And so Sirius is totally oblivious, but Harry says, Oh, you want Narcissa kicked out and you want Andromeda and yourself reinstated in the family. Oh, says Sirius. That didn't occur to me. I'll take care of that tomorrow. Okay. Check out Bellatrix. <laughs> Yeah, Bellatrix. Let's get her, let's get her out of there. Bellatrix, Bellatrix really should be kicked out. And so then Remus walks Tonks out, and Harry's like, "We need to kind of get them together." <laughs> She's just like, "Why would I want to do that? Because it's good. We need to do this." Besides, I miss my godson. Mm-hmm. And why wasn't Remus on the train? Because the teachers don't ride the train. And why does Remus have better clothes? Oh, because I sort of slipped Dobby some money to destroy all his and replace them. <laughs> Poor Remus. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, dear. Yep. And I love the, the fact that uh, Sirius is waiting until Snape is so uh, tightly wound that he'll basically, you know, blow a gasket. <laughs> waiting is worse than anything. So, yeah, he's really, he's playing this really cool. Yeah. So now Harry's bemoaning taking extra classes and extra homework and yada, yada, yada. And they have to kind of figure oh, out. shut up, Harry. You're I like know. 25. Stop bitching. And 
you have to decide how they're going to do this together so they're in the same, you know, in the classes together. And so, and Ron's like, what do you mean you're going to leave me the first, you got to come with me the first time. And so they go to that class first and then they time turn her back and do the other classes. And they go up to Divination and Harry knows a shortcut. So they finally make it up there earlier. Yep. And Turalani's like, you boy. And Neville, is your grandmother well? She was yesterday. Yeah. And they, but but they, at her age, who knows what various ailments may befall her. <laughs> and Harry has the grim, but he convinces them that it's really serious black. So she's not predicting anybody's death. Well, her, the carpet was pulled from under her, essentially. <coughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, and Harry's like, I'm not, a, I, I don't have the, you know, any skills, but my scar does. Well, is your scar right? Have, has your scar been right? My scar told me you'd ask. Here's a, here's a four page <laughs> notes <laughs> telling you all the times that it's been right. I kind of like your scar, boy. <laughs> well, and I like, um, this is actually one of the few fix that I've seen this happen in. Instead of Neville continuously breaking cups, mm-hmm. Harry just repairs the freaking cup. I know. <laughs> Ron's like, you're lucky. I hate pink. You think I can break mine and get a blue one too? <laughs> it's just like, are we not wizards? Like, you mm-hmm. know, seriously? Like, no one's ever thought of this. You need to cast Reparo. It's like, you learn it in, like, first year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely a dog. Could be a grim. I think it's my godfather. He's a dog animagus. Oh, okay. And then... They go to Transfiguration, and, but for, well, the, Ron and Neville go to Transfiguration. Harry and Hermione go to Muggle Studies real quick in between while the other two are walking to Transfiguration. Yep. And this is where, oh, and I love that, um, is it Theo? Not, yeah, Theodore Theo Knox not. in there. He's like, well, my dad got shot once by a Muggle gun, so he wants me to know all these things so that I don't get hurt. Guns aren't legal in Britain. This was Las Vegas. Very oh, <laughs> Las Vegas. I've heard of that place. By the yeah. way, guns aren't legal in Vegas either. Mm, probably not. No. So even though it's the, the Southwest as Western and and cowboy esque as a reputation as it as it has, and yes, a lot of people like to hunt here, but you can only bring guns into certain places. Yeah. And you cannot bring guns into Vegas. There are too many people. Well, you're not supposed to. That doesn't mean they're not there, but you're not really supposed to. Yeah, but it's not legal. So, I mean, it's the same as England. Guns aren't legal there. Mm-hmm. So Neville wants to know how Muggle Studies was, and Harry's like, good and interesting. I actually learned something. Well, not much, but, you know, I learned something. Counts as an accomplishment. Yeah, and Hermione comes in. I was a Rhythmancy. <gasps> it was great. I'm going to have to really work hard, but... And Muggle Studies was fascinating. Professor Burbage really knows what she's talking about. And then here comes Professor McGonagall, and she does the whole cat transformation, and then she's like, that's strange. What's strange, Professor? Professor, I would have swore you just came from divination. We did. Well, Professor Ternani usually predicts somebody's death. Oh, she tried. Yeah. Harry talked I think about they said it. it was probably Harry's godfather and moved on. She figures Harry's psychic scar will take care of him. <laughs> McGonagall closes her eyes at the word psychic <laughs> scar. I'm so, I, I, it, it's not in here, 
But I really wish somebody would have written like an after, like one shot where Harry tells McGonagall everything just to see the look on her face. <laughs> yeah. I was like, my, my scar isn't actually psychic. <laughs> they're going to change white rabbits into silk cats. And of course, yep. Hermione's got it right away. And McGonagall goes over and she's like, Harry, usually you have this down pat. He's like, oh, well, I'm trying to do it wandlessly. <laughs> she's like, what? He says, well, well I get it the other way. And then he does it silently. Did you just do a silent transfiguration? Whoops. Yes. <laughs> carry on, Mr. Potter, carry on. <laughs> she's all teary-eyed thinking of James. Mm-hmm. And then yep. we have Care of Magical Creatures, which goes pretty much the same way with Buckbeak. And then Harry gets, you know, has to step forward because nobody else will. And he likes to ride him a little better than he did the first time around, but not much. But I love that he goes over. Oh, and then Colin comes and takes his picture because, you know, yes. Colin's his publicist. Yes. But I love that he goes over to Draco, Crab and Goyle and says, if you mess this up for Hagrid, I'm going to officially start the rumor that your mother's not really a black because your grandmother was treating, was cheating on your grandfather with Abraxas Malfoy, so your parents are really half-siblings. Don't think I won't. Fine. <laughs> Very Slytherin of you, Harry. And we're on to our last chapter. We have ten minutes before it's too late to podcast anymore, so we're doing good. Yay! And sadly, we don't get to go to Herbology because this author thinks Professor Sprout is boring. Yes, yeah, she doesn't oh, well. know how cool Herbology is. Mostly because we don't have, apparently the author does not have a suit on hand. Apparently not. I got a great post from Kayla the other day because I wrote something about uh, drinking fig leaf tea because I was coughing so much. And she uh-huh. said, I totally have headcanon that you really are professor of herbology. <laughs> and it just tickles me to death when you post things like this. Seriously, <laughs> I thought that was great. So you need to like, I, I, Seriously, if you wrote something, I would edit and make it into like an ebook that like everybody could access. Like, if you, like, it just, uh, it blows, like, all this stuff is so useful. Well, I did herbology classes, they're in the. And yeah, I, but they're all like spread out. Is so what I'm saying is like one condensed uh, thing. I'll see what I can that, like, come up with. That like people could reference. It, it, it's just an idea. Alright. You don't have to. It wouldn't be that I just hard. think it would be awesome. Mm-hmm. You can have our own little herbology text. Herbs and salves. Herbology by Sue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. Man, well, we'll have I to work just on imagine this. getting that uh, printed out on Lulu and just like having that in my library and somebody like coming up and they're like, hey, you have a book called Herbology by Sue in your library. Oh, that's really Herbology by Sue. You want to see? <laughs> Sue, that's it. Herbology of Duxwit Farm. <laughs> we'll, we'll get uh, we'll get David to publish it for me. It'll be great. <laughs> awesome. Uh, by the way, Scott, there is a book on its way to you. Yes, I have actually received um, the ebook version of it. Anyway. Oh, okay. So, but he's uh, mailing you. I think he's mailing you a book too. Oh well. He said nice. he said it wasn't that expensive to send it to to Canada. So cool. We'll Sorry. have to figure out how long we when we want to do that so I can should actually start reading it and mm-hmm. stuff. So, well, Scott, as a quick aside, mm-hmm. speaking mm-hmm. of Lulu, so I have a friend with Marvel. 
who has all these really long gray pics. She's like, I want to be able to like have them printed out. I'm just like, speaking of that, there's a great, and she's like, and she's like, but I don't want to, I can't charge anybody anything. I'm just like, oh no, it can be set to zero dollars. All I'll have to pay for is shipping. And she's like, how do you know about this? I'm just like, and prints for fan dot. fiction authors. Insert crickets here. I don't want you to know how nerdy I am, but I have printed copies of fan fiction. <laughs> no, yeah. we don't have these things. We don't print <laughs> them up so- and get them signed by our favorite authors and mail them to Jen only to get lost. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. You're reminding me of the. Uh, Whenever, uh, Neil Tyson's feeling silly about things, so, uh, they'll talk about aliens or whatever and he'll say, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I, I'm, I would love to have a book in my library, the Serpology by Sue, and I would totally use it because I'm, uh, you know, I'm getting into more alternative mm-hmm. pain management techniques. Arnica, Arnica, Arnica. Okay, I'll go buy some. Okay, but get the get the salve. We'll get the pills. Because the pills. Email can, me what, email the pills can, can it, 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 the pills might alter your personality, and we don't want you altered. I'm already altered, honey. <laughs> no, that's um, why we don't want you any more altered. <laughs> I don't. I also don't need any more pills to take. Man, I cannot tell you how many pills I take every day. Yeah. Why are the pills doing things to you? Why the, do the, pl- the pills alter my? Pills? I don't know. It's just a side effect, and it only happens to certain people. But the, it's very interesting. If you take homeopathic pills like that, you're, you're supposed to not have eaten or drank anything in, I think, 20 minutes, and you're not supposed to touch them with your fingers. So you, like, shake them into the lid and then just pop them in your mouth, yes. and they uh, uh, dissolve pretty much immediately. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's very interesting. Which which gets really nasty when you have swallowing issues. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you. it it shouldn't bother because you just pop it under your tongue and it just absorbs in, in under your no, tongue. No, I'm I'm just saying any pill in general. Oh yeah. If you, if you try and swallow it and you miss it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my grandmother yeah. had to get almost everything liquid because she had trouble. She has trouble swallowing pills, so she's she takes them almost all in liquid. Yeah. But anyway, um, and chapter thirty. So chapter yeah, 30 starts with uh, Sirius's class, because, of course. It's the new one, so we want to know what, what happens. We're, you know, we've seen everything else in canon. Yeah. Says, I went to Hogwarts as well, and I had to endure my predecessor's teaching. Frankly, I don't think I was conscious for any of Professor Bin's lectures. Uh, if you want to fall asleep in my class, I will not stop you, but the charms that were mysteriously applied to my cl- classroom recently could very well turn you blue, change your gender, make you unable to use the letter E, force you to speak in sonnets, or something else entirely that we haven't discovered yet. <laughs> so apparently you're not, it's probably not a good idea to fall asleep in Sirius's class. <laughs> There's motivation for it now. <laughs> yeah. I love how, um, you know, Sirius is throwing the lesson plan to the wind and saying, instead, let's talk about Voldemort. And everyone's like, oh! <laughs> Yeah. That's all you need to know about Goblin Rebellions is they keep happening because goblins have a bloodthirsty nature and wizards keep trying to subjugate them. Be careful of goblins, kids. They're intelligent, ruthless, and control the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we got to talk about Voldemort. And everybody... Shutters and... <laughs> you said the word! Yeah. 
Anyone who could use the word Voldemort in a sentence in front of me without twitching, stuttering, or turning pale gets 50 points. And I'll agree to supervise one of their detentions. He writes it in big letters on the chalkboard. And Harry's refusing to say anything. (laughs) Yeah, because he doesn't want to earn points. And Hermione immediately (laughs) says, So, we're learning about Voldemort? We don't really have many facts about Voldemort, says Neville. (laughs) They get 100 points. And his, he's saying his godfather hates him, so two of, his, two of his best friends. Yeah. And he has to say, we're going to be spending quite a bit of time on he who must not be named. <laughs> Which he never says, but just so yeah. he doesn't get points from Sirius. So for, he starts off with revealing the alias. Yep. So basically the most feared name around is actually the posturing of a bored teenager who got really lucky that Voldemort means flight from death in French. Also, also Riddle was a half-blood <laughs> who had daddy issues with his mother, a pureblood by the name of Merope Mar- 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 Gaunt, and who was one of the Salazar Slytherin's only heirs, married a muggle who was also named Tom Riddle after dosing him with a love potion. Merope Gaunt eventually deluded herself that her little love slave was really in love with her and stopped feeding him the potion. He immediately left her and their, her, their unborn child and went home. There's a lesson to be learned in all of this. Can anybody tell me what this is? Don't assume the guy you're feeding love potions uh, to is in love with you and stop. <laughs> <laughs> Sirius says, I was actually going to say, don't drug people with a love potion, or always tell your significant other that you're a witch or wizard before the wedding. (laughs) But that is a good, if creepy, guess. (laughs) Seamus is, you know, very idly, like, inching away from Lavender, like, ew. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure about this. And he, so he explains about what happened to Merope and that uh, he opened the Chamber of Secrets and killed Myrtle. Yeah. And then there's a lot of fans. And that's all we get of history class because we probably know most of the rest of what they're going to talk about. Oh, and Sirius has changed Snape into Lockhart. <laughs> oh, dear. And I love how <laughs> Sirius, Snape is actually... I, and I love how Snape and Harry have this thing going that, like, Harry's trying to lose as many points as possible in Snape's class, and Snape just goes along with it. Yeah. And he loses 20 points immediately for first calling him Professor Lockhart and then calling him Professor Snape. Yep. 10 points for the cheek and 10 points for pointing out the obvious. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently... They're doing shrinking solutions again. Mm-hmm. And Neville so, has met Shrew his. Again. It's orange again. And it's very strange Which, to see Lockhart sneering at Neville in Snape fashion. <laughs> to be fair for, to, to Neville, you know... Did I drop again? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me now? Yep. That was fun. For some All reason, right, so- Skype thinks Sue is talking, but oh well. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so what I was saying, uh, on the color wheel scheme, you know, it does go green, yellow, orange. So it's not like it was blue or purple. So yeah, it's not like true. Neville's potion was like all the way out of whack. It was just, you know, a little bit off. Probably added too much to something. Mm-hmm. Although orange is technically the opposing color from green on the color wheel too, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Cause like blue is opposite oh. yellow and green is opposite orange, I think. 
It just depends on which direction you go from it. If it was either yellow or blue, it would be just the next one over, but then... No, blue is opposite is too orange. Oh, okay. That's where I... Yeah. And then purple is opposite... Uh, green is opposite red. Oh, okay. Yeah. So not quite opposites, but at any rate, yeah. it's probably not a proper sneaking solution. It's... it's Yeah, no, it's not proper, definitely, but, like, it's not, like... My point was, like, it, it's not black or something. Mm-hmm. And there are probably other things that you can do that makes that happen. But Neville decides yes. to just knock over his cauldron instead of risking feeding an unknown potion to Trevor. Uh-huh. Because Sirius has volunteered to supervise his neck detention anyway. And then he has defenses against the dark arts. And I, I find this one interesting because despite everything, Harry has not reached out to Remus yet. Mm-hmm. So... I don't think Remus actually knows much about what's going on, and I, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't have a, include like a see, scene where they clued Remus in to what was going on. Yeah, it's true. I haven't decided to take him up on anything yet. I don't know if they've yeah. really... They haven't spent all that much time with him, because, well, we don't know where Sirius has been. He might have spent more time with him. But well, they just spent the summer, uh, Harry and, uh, Harry and Sirius just spent the summer together and they were in Egypt in August, so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I assume that Remus is, was doing something over the summer and was ashamed, too ashamed to pay Sirius. But I love yeah. Hermione's Bogart. Oh, do we get to see it in this one? It's yeah, cool. it's Professor McGonagall saying that, uh, she failed everything. But her ridiculous is that she can speak in sonnets. <laughs> okay. Uh, Miss Granger, I just don't know what to say. You failed everything, and that's the truth. Now you must leave Hogwarts at once today. Education is a wasted on you, youth. You're a disappointment and a disgrace. No one's ever failed everything before. How dare you even stay and show your face? Foolish girl, hurry and run out the door. Honestly, you're better off a muggle. Of course, you you are clearly so very dim that even that which will end up a struggle, I will. I'm telling you now, your future is grim. Uh, this is really for your own good, my dear. That I'm now throwing you out on your rear. <laughs> yep. So she's she's put him in it into. Is it iambic pentameter or is it just? Yeah, I'm just. I just can't speak. Yeah. On Pretty close. Like it, it is probably a sonnet, like you say. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a sonnet. I'm just really bad at just doing Shakespearean sonnets right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. It's Sorry. impressive, though. I also like that Neville's has changed. His boggart is no longer Snape. It's Harry as the Minister for Magic. Yes. <laughs> Which, to his credit, would be horrifying. Especially this Harry, yes. Either Monday Harry. Monday is the most depressing day ever. Let's cancel Monday. <laughs> Everyone should own a dragon in Britain. No, it, it's either this Harry, you know, or, um, or Ken and Harry. Like, neither Harry is really good for Minister of Magic. Mm-hmm. I have seen some fake Harrys that would work for that, but, yeah. So, Harry, as and, we and, know him, is not. Yeah, no. And most, most fake Harrys, you know. Well, the, and, and the thing is, and the, the, it's the, you know, track that we always play. It, it's that, you know, if this were a, an adult fic, you know, Harry would have so many, many issues. He'd be in therapy for years. You know, Harry is not emotionally, you know, 
adjusted enough to be minister of magic. Mm-hmm. I can just imagine him having like a PST, uh, PTSD attack in the middle of like a, <laughs> a, a, mm. a ministry meeting. <laughs> that would not be good. No, it's true. no. And so there's Harry and drag that someone caught a picture of. Oh, that's thirty one. Never mind. But Harry does show up in drag in this one. Yes, because Remus gives Neville the same idea, but it's older Harry get, that gets dressed up in yeah Bran's uh, clothes. Yeah. And apparently Harry's fear is the killing curse, but it just shows up as green light, so they don't get it. Yeah. You know, I've seen this pretty fic in a lot of different ways and a lot of different fics. This is probably one of my favorites, even though it's crack. Others have Neville facing down Bellatrix, which gets, like, very dark and twisted. and Kind of like, I don't feel good about myself after reading that scene. And others, you know, take it way too lighthearted of, you know, Neville and Harry have, you know these really pithy, like, you know, fears. It's just like they should, you know, face true terror in their lives. Mm-hmm. Even as 13-year-olds. Uh, there's a reason people's fears change. Yeah. Well, and I wasn't, I was never wild about Harry's fear being the killing curse in this one because I really feel like this would be a great reason for, or point of, you know, dead Ginny showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he even says his fear is he doesn't want his friends to die. I would have expected it to be more like Mrs. Weasley's, where you actually get their dead bodies. (laughs) Or like, because I I can just imagine Ron's reaction to dead prank Jenny. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just like, what? (laughs) Why do you even know what my sister will look like in ten years? (laughs) Well, psychic scar, but still. Mm Mm-hmm. But, no, yeah, like, to have them, like, all see themselves, like, ten years older and all dead, like, that would be kind of weird. <laughs> yes. Weird in a good way. Mm-hmm. And I see Draco does get a picture of Harry and Drag. Yes. That's the end of the scene. Yes. Ron manages to comfort Hermione about her uh, sonnets about McGonagall and then takes care of his own spider fairly easily. Without hesitating, because he's dealing with... he's distracted by somebody else's stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it is always easier dealing with your own fears when, you know, somebody else is, you're helping somebody else with somebody, something else. Mm-hmm. Or learning things. It's easier to learn something if you have to teach it to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Draco now has blackmail on Harry. For the first time in two years. Mm-hmm. And I think that is where we are ending our coverage tonight. That's where we're ending our coverage tonight. And it says Only... in, the, um, in the author's note that this isn't quite a proper sonnet because it should be in iambic pentameter and isn't all of it, but, you know, it's close enough. <laughs> yeah, let's just go with it. Yeah, I'm Only still enjoying this story. Now. It's a lot of fun. You know, I, I'm coming back to this after, you know, two years, and I still love this pick. It's a little weird. I can see why some people don't get into it, but it's just fun. You you have to, it's an extra dimension to suspending your disbelief, kind of. Well, so it's one of those things of, oh, you have to just kind of like, it's not about believing it to be a good story. It's just silly. Yeah. Like Naked Quidditch. No one's taking, no one would ever take Naked Quidditch seriously. No one would ever like turn to their neighbor and say, you know, this could actually happen. It would never happen. Let's be, let's be real. This would never be in the, 
books that would, this would never, you know. And I was having this discussion before the podcast with Sue about, you know, it's not, and for me, crack is when it's completely unbelievable. When you, you cannot sell that it could possibly ever be, be san- canon. No matter how far back you go and how detailed you get people here, you can never sell, oh God, not again as like a legitimate fan fiction story that's taking itself seriously as something that could happen within the universe. Because mm-hmm. e- um, even with the extra seven years we don't get to see, this Harry is a little too different from canon Harry to really be believable that way, but it's just right. fun to watch him work. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely him to be... And, and you see more canon-esque Harry in Chapter 1, right before he goes to the Vale. But it's more of one of those things of Harry's going, oh, what the hell? Yeah. Every, Harry's decided he doesn't care what happens. Well, the thing is, life has thrown everything but the kitchen sink at Harry, and then life throws him the kitchen sink, and it's just like, mm-hmm. ah, fuck it, I'm done. And I'm just like, well, it, it, crack always, to me, goes beyond it just being silly. For me, crack is it can't happen. It would never happen. Okay. And thus it's silly, and doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah. But no. Well, in that, in that case, it's more the the concept that's kind of takes everything out of the, the realm of canon because they don't really have anything of that nature in them. But if you ignore that specific part of it, some of them are less crack than others, probably. Did you guys finish the podcast? No. We pretty much finished the thing. We did not actually wrap yeah. up the podcast. It hasn't wrapped. We, we, we read through the finished chapter 30 and then went off on other tangents about okay. current fix and things. Ginny is refusing to come in the house. We cannot catch her. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, we tried treats. We tried the her favorite toy. And is that what was upsetting the chickens? Or No, we don't know what was yeah. upsetting the chicken. Mom came into my door with the chicken in her hand, went back downstairs, said the chicken was screaming like it was being killed, and then something moved, and she dropped the chicken... So probably a foot or something, but I don't know. And then the chicken's perfectly fine. So the chicken is spending the night in a box in the room underneath me. Did basically wrap up our reading for this week. And next week we're going to be going into chapters 31 through 40. Yep. Or so. And uh, then there'll be one more podcast after that, and we'll be finished with this particular story. And this particular season. Indeed. Hopefully you've been enjoying our coverage. If you haven't, I'm not sure why you're still listening since this is the third podcast, but, you know. And that's <laughs> too have, damn bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feel free to go read the story yourself. It's a lot of fun. It's weird, it but it's fun. a lot of fun. If you want to come give us comments, we're on the, the forums at potterpickforum.com, or you can find us on Facebook. There is a Poofwa Facebook group that is spelled P-O-U-F-W-A because that's how Ryan decided it is spelled. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, but we're still having this discussion. I can just imagine Danielle and the granny voice going, P-O-U-F-W-A dot com. <laughs> if you came across this podcast on iTunes or some other odd place. You can find the list of all of them at potterpickweekly.com or you can find them all on iTunes um, or other podcatchers or whatever 
medium you have for finding podcasts. We also do pointofviewweekly.com, which is a little bit more of the random chatting about other things and less of the specific fix, although we do try to have some specific thing that we do in each episode. It just varies from week to week. Those ones also are a little bit more topical because we try and put them out a little bit closer to the time when we're recording them, whereas this one you are probably hearing in three to six months. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is currently January of 2016. For another week? not for all that much longer. Yeah. Which is why we're all talking about the snow and you're probably looking at, you know, spring flowers or summer stuff or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that either, has been it's either, it's gonna be between 100 degrees and 120 degrees for me. Yeah. Yeah. Or oh, warm heat. Anyway. <laughs> Yay! Sorry, I got cold outside because be I didn't have a again. coat on. Soon it will be triple digits again. Next winter, so you can come visit me. In fact, all of Pufa can come visit me next winter. Uh, next winter? Yeah. Okay. Then we don't have I to have experience two feet of snow. We can experience Arizona instead. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Although I really December. can't complain because this past Friday is basically when we got that two feet of snow and we haven't had barely anything all winter so far. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was 80 degrees on Friday. Good. It's been a warm winter. Yeah. So. Well, then we yeah, should say good night. Good night. Good evening and good night, everybody. Everybody. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.